What's up, everybody? Welcome to Call to Action Live. Uh, we have a couple of great guests down there. Uh, I'm going to introduce them first. We have, uh, of course, the main <laughs> is Kevin. How are you doing, Kevin? Yeah, good. He's great. <laughs> but of course, Kevin's mom is also with us tonight. The wonderful, the lovely, the talented Jen Sturger. How are you doing? So good. I'm always glad to hang out with you guys, especially on a Saturday. On a weekend, it's like one of my only days I get to like... Still, just a little bit. Just a little Listen, bit. Is it even a weekend though anymore? I barely even know nowadays. I can't tell. That's full on 2020-itis right there. Where you're just like, I don't even know what day it is. You're like, we're in September already? Where does it go? Where does the time go? But of course, I'm also here with my fellow C2A ladies who uh, I spend a lot of time with. And uh, my wife's still not jealous, so we're good. We're good at my work. <laughs> Uh, first off, my work wife from Chill to Action, Danny Joy. How are you doing today? Hello, I'm good. Hey, good. happy Saturday, y'all. And of course, below her, Miss Kelsey Kins. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm so excited to talk some schmodown. I'm so happy it's a Saturday. <sighs> it's gonna, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. It was a big day in the schmodown yesterday, of course, and it's gonna be a bigger week, and it's gonna just keep getting more and more intense. But you know what? Let's not uh, waste any time. We'll get right into uh, yesterday. I will say first thing, of course, chats, questions. Anybody in the chat has any questions, of course, throw them in there. Super chats and Streamlabs, of course, streamlabs.com slash call to action podcast will be answered with higher priority. And get those questions in from Jen as well. She's going to be here with us for about the first hour or so. Um, so let's uh, just get right into it. Last night's pay-per-view, uh, the throwdown. Wow. What are your initial thoughts about the whole event in general? So we'll go we'll get into detail about each match, but just your overall impressions of how it went last night. Oh my god, I think I'm still my head is still spinning from last night. Um, look, I've watched all the stuff that's been transpiring on Twitter and the Facebook groups. And um, are we allowed to talk spoilers? Obviously, we have to be yep. able to right here. Like we're yep. treating this like a sport, so therefore it's like, all spoilers. It happened, all okay. Uh, you would you shouldn't be watching Sports Center if you haven't seen the game and you really want to watch it, uh, not in real time, but you want to watch it and experience it for yourself. But look, as a former question writer, I just think that there are certain rules that need to be put into place uh, in terms of difficulty and in terms of the type of question that you encounter in round three slash five, depending on if it's a regular match or a championship match. But I feel like we've got to find a better way to delete that gray area, especially when it comes to championship matches, because you just don't want that hanging over. You don't want that haze hanging over a championship match like we have this morning, because let's face it, a lot of us are sitting here going, huh. well, that happened. And but we... Uh, I looked at that last question and, um, you know, we had like a little girls get together, a little girls powwow last night. Um, a lot of us Schmodown ladies. And um, I talked pretty extensively about it with Rachel Cushing and she and I agreed that Ben's question, especially his two pointer, wasn't necessarily a two pointer. And I said that when I got in here with you guys and we were just, you know, setting things up. But I do think that whatever a two-pointer is based on, it should also be something that's kind of in the zeitgeist and it should be something that pop, like you should know if you're not sleeping through popular culture. 
Agreed. And that's my thing. It should be someone that has a decent breadth of um, of a library themselves of a career. So that way, Kevin, stop being rude. And um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know what I'm saying? Like, it should be someone that has a filmography that you can that you can look at it and go, okay, I should know this person from other things. And if I should know that person from other things, maybe don't make the second film you mentioned, especially when there's so many stars that come back and forth with those movies, especially in that franchise. You can't, I just don't think that you can reference the only other movie that you reference for that person as a context clue should be another movie in that franchise. Agreed. I think that most two-pointers, you're going to see the argument, and I've seen the argument, that as a lead actor in a large franchise movie, that it's that's a fair game for a two-pointer. The argument on the other side, the one that I'm subscribing to myself, is that these other, a lot of two-pointers are usually pretty much give me questions. They've been yeah. give me questions for a while. Something like the lead character in the Fast and the Furious franchise in general, Vin Diesel. That's the more of the two-pointer that we've had. The way it was worded, it was almost seeming to be a much trickier version. We're used to now questions that are not trying to trip you up in any fashion. It's almost like an immediate thing. If you have to think about it for a little bit longer and that kind of sentiment, that's a different two-pointer than we've been getting. I'm not going to shade any of this. I love the question. I like PJ Campbell. I love mm -hmm. Exactly. And this is not yeah, and this isn't, and this is not a slight on any of them because I've had that job and I know how difficult it is. But I also know that I used to have to submit multiple drafts of questions sometimes to make sure that it wasn't a trick question. Yeah. Yeah, and ben said it rightly. He he thought of, of Han, the character Han. And uh, I, I did too initially. I thought of it because that's the thing you're thinking because he, he comes back later on. I mean, Lucas Black does technically come back, obviously, and Seven's not anything wrong, but it's not the one you think of as most. And so if this was like maybe a three-pointer or even a five-pointer, I could see more of the argument. But with what we've had, it just seems like it was a little bit too tricky for what we were going for in a championship match specifically because you want it to be about the actual fight between Ben Bateman and, and Dan Merle, not whether something was supposed to be too tricky or not. So it just becomes a haze over the over the match at that point. Uh, Danny, what do you think, Danny, about how you, what were your thoughts on that? Well, when when we were talking about it earlier, one of the things that we said, there's a, there's a time and a place for trick questions, because I think that's one of my favorite things about the new writers or, or this what we've seen in the new season with the, with the writing team is some of these questions have been really structured great. Like uh, they're... There's enough context clues in some of them that give you enough, but still, if, you, if you're not familiar with it, it tests your knowledge. Um, and also uh, tricky questions that are smart, tricky questions. And I, and I really appreciate that from the writing team. But um, I also, I have to, I really do have to take everyone's opinion with this question with the greatest fault. And I said it earlier, I really do hate to be this jerk, but like, I, I, I kind of knew that answer. I didn't fully know that answer. I thought it might have been Han also, but I don't know the franchise. So that's my thing about it is that I don't know this franchise, but I knew Lucas Black as an actor. I did, but it's, that's, I mean, I watch shitty movies, y'all. And, and Friday Night <laughs> shout out to Texas. So that was why it was familiar. That's why he was familiar for me. And that was the only uh, actor that I could come up with because I, I don't know the actor who plays Han. I don't know his name, but that's the only other frame of reference to those movies that I have about characters coming back. And that's only because I remember everyone making a hoopla about the trailer that came out for this new fast. And I don't even know what number that is. <laughs> so I, uh, with this question for me um, and how I personally feel about it, I, I, 
I feel like there was enough to get it, but I can completely understand everyone's uh, um, feelings towards towards this question about it either being too difficult and you know uh, where everyone stands with it. So it's kind of a rough rough place to be, I guess. Just say no. Yeah, I understand. Exactly. I have no idea. Exactly. The very fact that I was actually talking about Lucas Black, so and you guys thought I was talking about Han. So right there, then there, we're already in this that kind of weird headspace at this point. Yeah, uh, and Han look, I've seen so many of those movies. I wouldn't call myself a diehard fan, but I go to the theaters. I see those movies in the theaters for the experience of seeing those movies because look, they're they're fun. Um, they aren't masterpieces of theater, but they're but they're a fun franchise to follow. And like, I'm not gonna lie, I've got multiple speeding tickets leading the theaters seeing that movie. It's like the cops pull you. The cops are literally waiting outside the movie theater. Like, oh, you saw Too Fast and Furious tonight, did you? You bet your ass I did. Um, but I, I, someone said in there, if it had been his three, if it had been Ben, if it had been Ben's three pointer, he still wouldn't have gotten it. But you know what? That's that's right. But at the same time, he could have gone, all right, that's a three-pointer question. We are arguing that it didn't feel like a two-pointer question. And that mm -hmm. is what Rachel and I said last night. As we were just like, you know what? And granted, like uh, Rachel Rachel Cushing is not, I don't think she's sitting around devouring the Fast and Furious franchise. But I think she also could acknowledge like, oh, I could see that being a three-pointer. I, I don't necessarily think that that's a a two-pointer question. Those two-pointer questions, like we said, are supposed to be gimmies. And that one just didn't feel on the same level as some of Dan's questions. It just didn't. And so I just hate that now Dan and Ben are going to have this hanging over their championship match. And honestly, I don't know if you guys saw it before before the show started, but there was some talk that happened on the Gucci-verse last night where Christian played a conversation between he and Ben, and I don't like the sound of it. Honestly, I don't. It, it sounds like Ben is furious right now at Gucci for not having his back during that match and for being a quote-unquote joke of a manager, I'm pretty sure is what, he, what the exact words were, but I could be wrong. Uh, but look, he seems really pissed. He does seem really pissed. He seems really pissed. And this is going to be one of those things. And I was so, I was so scared of this moment because I, the, the, the Finstock exchange has done such a good job of being able to play one another and not, not have it be the thing that breaks them apart. And this to me, just, I don't, you, you can't have a match between these two opponents and have a questionable question because then it puts all of the onus on that question and the what ifs about what would have happened if that question would have been something that was worded a little differently or perhaps had a different context yeah. glue in it. Very much so. And it's it's kind of funny. The, I mean, the Finzak Exchange have been on the verge of exploding all year since, right, right from the draft. Roka threw a fit out after being drafted fourth. Right from then on, it always seems like there's been some some hills and valleys to it. Overall, they have been on this whirlwind of getting ready to explode. And this is going to be a thing that looks like it's going to blow it up at this point. I mean, Bateman's done for the year. He's not playing anymore this year. So it doesn't really matter as far as that goes. But if there was ever any hope to keep him, I can't see it happening now. And I want to know. Go ahead. I'm go just, ahead. I'm just, I'm, I, I, I hate that. I hate that, that Ben is done for the year because love him or hate him. He's still good for the league. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, it's kind of like the Yankees. Okay. You may not cheer for the Yankees, but we can all admit that playoffs with the Yankees make a lot more sense than playoffs without the Yankees. And that's where we're at right now in the league. 
you want to have the person you want to lose. You want to cheer to lose to somebody to beat him. And that's what you need to have. You need to have your villain. You need to have, and this is what he's turning into. And I'm glad to see him doing that in a way. If you have a silver lining at this, it looks like he's finally, he's been trying to do this kind of like nice act, respect the game. He's working with Dan Merle. He's doing all this. And it seems like it kind of lost him a little bit of an edge now that he's so pissed off about it, he looks like he's going back a little bit into the Ben Bateman of old, the team action to Ben Bateman, which is where he has always played better because he has these kind of – he's allowed to make more quips. He's allowed to get in people's heads more because he doesn't have to respect the league. He doesn't have to do that stuff. He can do all the dirty, dirty, the dirty things he needs to do to win, and I think that's good for the league too because I think team, I think the action – like since team action split apart, I think the – League has missed that, missed that kind of behavior. Some people have filled the gaps here and there, but Ben Bateman himself has always been better as a heel than he ever would be as a as this like nice guy. Yeah, and look, there's certain there's certain opponents that uh, that come into the league, and you just you just don't buy their nice guy act. Like nice. it truly feels like an act, and it's just some people they just fit more, they just fit better in that heel space because that's the kind of competitor that they are. Not saying that they're a bad person, just saying that the way that they play the game is a little sassier. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's a little, it's got a little edge to it. Uh, they like playing the psychological warfare that goes along with the game, and look, there's no harm in that. I just I always have a po- I have a problem with competitors that do that and don't know when to turn it off. And that's that's what I have the issue is when you can't turn off that. Can I say bad words in here? I don't remember. You can you want when you, you can't want. turn off that dickheadishness, that's when I have the problem. Right. <laughs> and Alex, I know part of uh, yes, Ben did play better after he left Team Action. That's not what I meant though. He that's that's kind of a compartmentalized thing. He got better at the game, got better at the trivia knowledge. But he was always better as far as even when he was with he was the boss at first. He was still kind of a heel at first, a little bit of a heel at first. He still had that dickish ways, and Mark O'Reilly was apologizing for him or whatever. But it seems like every time he, he does lean into it a little bit, like against Shazam back, not not recently, I guess, but like his last year at the, uh, the Spectacular, he was throwing those dickish comments out here and there, and he always seemed to get in people's heads better. Now he's more free to do it full on and without any reprisal of being the disrespectful nice guy supposedly but he couldn't make up his mind that's what i mean about him playing better as a heel he's gonna have take his greatest breadth of knowledge and his his gameplay and be able to add back in the old team action what's sad is that ben bateman has gotten so good at juking us all in terms of whether or not he knows someone (laughs) that i was like oh i honestly don't know if he knows this or not like i was like oh he knows this he knows this. He's totally Kevin. Are you making yourself comfortable, Jesus? <laughs> um, I was like, I honestly didn't know whether or not he knew it. Yeah, he got, and that's the best part about it. And he had. I think that's why he wore the sunglasses again. And when, I know the sunglasses thing is a big deal, but for him, I think it really is like a poker face thing. He can totally play you up. You won't know either way what's going on. So I for like me, that. I think that what's going to be interesting for Ben Bateman going into next season, it is super unfortunate that we're not going to get to see him play for the rest of this season. But I think uh, it's it's a good thing to carry over because we all here at this channel, at least, and most of the people who join us, uh, love team action and understand what Ben did with team action. But we also all know, like Alex pointed out, and like Paul said earlier, um, Ben has improved so much as a player as since he's been away from team action. So I would love to see Ben Bateman as a player now and Andrew Guy as a player now back together as team action with how they've grown, because that's just going to be so much fun for the league. And, and so much, and there, I really truly believe in them as a team and think that with, 
where and how far they've come, they're going to crush it. So I just want to see that. <laughs> and listen, and listen, I, I get it. This is this this is you know call to action. There's chill to action. You guys are you guys are at the end of the day rooting to get your boys back together and to get the band back together. Um I gotta say that was the funniest part of the chat for me last night. Every as soon as Ben Heel started playing, like he started doing his rant and rave, and he was throwing Gucci in the bus and throwing Riley and even Riley he threw under the bus a little bit at Brett Roca definitively. All I could see in the chat was action, team action, team action, team action. We're not even close to that yet. I mean, Andrew has a team a team partner for the rest of the year. I mean, technically Drew, I don't even know what he's playing at this point with his his character at this point. But yet, all we can think about is that's the first domino to fall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And at least no furniture was harmed in the end of it happening. You know what I mean? That's always the it's always a good thing. Um, well, it is 2020. We are digital, so that might be the only reason that because <laughs> he wasn't break anything in his own home. But. I have a feeling that Christian would have been like, "Yeah, so I need you to throw Ben through a plate glass window." What? Yeah, in front of a barber shop. It'll be great. Trust yeah. me. And you're just like what? No, Christian, no. Uh, you have to have uh, Kaiser playing the Bobby Heenan role of, look, John Michael Marginates a coward. He jumped out the window. Or I just want somebody to go, I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> oh, God. Give him some sweet chin music and get out. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, but somebody's making a good point, and that is that no, someone has no interest in team action because they say Ben has kind of moved past guys' level of play. And, and I'm not sure I disagree with that. I think that – I think that – don't – discount guy i think that guy definitely has knowledge it's just if you don't hit his specialties he's in trouble yeah, he, yeah he's definitely more he good. knows what he knows and he knows it very well uh but he's also you can't discount his uh entertainment value for the league either yeah he is the greatest performer overall as far as like the whole, I mean, he just knows what he's doing as far as character wise, and he saw he sells it, he knows exactly what he's doing. Um, whether he did it too much or not, I know that's the argument for last match when he got his butt kicked, but he's also always been much better on teams anyway. He's a perfect team player, he can perform like what he needs to perform. He will, he can do a round one pretty well, usually. He has the help for round two if it's not there, and he'll hit, you know, he gets the two pointer. That's why he's been so well on team. He did well with action. He did well with the family. I think he's going to do fine with Ethan Irwin. I think that's a perfect combination for him as well. Um, but before I say anything else, I do have a super chat. Uh, movies on TV. I can't believe I actually cried during the promo last night. Long live the king and hail to nerd chronic, the goat of his own league. Yes. Uh, this was my favorite promo since my favorite, my favorite overall nerd chronic promo still is Guy Bateman one from Houston. That's still the one that did not ever and superseded for me but last night's promo for for, Mer, uh, for merle and uh and ben was phenomenal yeah it makes you feel better i cry at all of the promos <laughs> do you cry what don't you cry that's what <laughs> danny the crier and that's okay um there's you do have another uh, stream lab i want to throw in there jeremiah morris yes i know jeremiah morris says last night i was like show me the money in tc legends voice that's referencing the fact that him and kaiser had a bet going $100 bet that uh, Kaiser bet that Ben Bateman would have the title at the end of the year. 
uh, Jeremiah Morris says with that loss, he's not going to. So Jeremiah Morris has won money from Kaiser. Good luck collecting. Uh, you might have to hire some muscle. Go find him where he's uh, selling Rolexes out of the back of his trunk somewhere. But uh, I'm sure it'll happen at some point. But fake Rolexes, <laughs> fake Rolexes, fake Rolexes. Exactly. I think he gets them. I think he gets them from his guy in Tijuana. Drives them over the border. You know. Um, <laughs> but it's funny because I've I've talked to quite a few of the managers now. And they're not really on board with this whole only keeping three players thing. And I, I, I said to them, you know, well, what if it was more along the lines of you keep who you keep and then whoever is not happy gets to go into free agency. You know what I mean? Like basically like you sign a two season deal with the team. So that way, because otherwise, all that's going to happen is you're going to have these teams scrambled up every single year. And maybe you end up missing out on on a team that's that's being built from the ground up, you know? A lot of people made fun of Shannon in the beginning because they thought she had drafted all these nobodies, but Shannon's put the work in. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Shannon's yeah. put the work in and she's built that team from the ground up. And then right when everybody's going to start, right when everybody's starting to hit their peak and right when everybody's starting to perform well and she's getting results out of these players, someone else is going to be able to just come in and get them because she can only keep three players. I don't see how that's fair. Yeah, I don't see and so I don't, I don't see how that's good for the league. If it's like, where's the long-term implications in these draft picks? Yeah, I agree completely on that because it seems like if you want to make this more of a sport, this is where it's got to go. You got to be, you can't just trade players every year. You got to build up a franchise together. You want to have those players. You want to be able to sign up Ben Bateman for three seasons and everything else. Yeah. Uh, now, where that you're going to get into contracts and things like that nature, where it's going to get a little tricky as far as wording goes. Do you have no trade clauses? Do you have, uh, you know, I can't be traded until for the third season. Maybe I can keep you to the second season kind of thing. But it does add for the behavior of exactly what you're talking about. Shannon drafted a rookie. She she hire, uh, signs Adam Collins, and now Adam Collins is the tournament. Now he becomes the, maybe he becomes the champion of the year, and he can't. She, she has to choose now between Mike and Chance, and then Collins, and it just seems like it's it's very disingenuous as, as far as that goes. You need to have that kind of solidified set. So hopefully, we'll work that way more than more next year. And I'm hoping that we're going to see that after the draft comes. I know some people will argue that it's exciting to see this team shift up, and I kind of get the concept, but it's not its not good it's overall. It's not. No, it's not. And honestly, there's so many, there's so much new talent every year with, with rookies coming in and undiscovered talent. That's who goes into the draft. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's who goes into the draft or free agents that want to enter the draft. They can be able to do it. But I think having to put people into the draft that don't want to be drafted, you're setting yourself up for like those Eli Manning stalemates where they're like, I don't want to come play for you. Right. right. And then all that's going to end up happening is the managers are going to trade for them to get back anyway. Exactly. Yeah. And coming at it from the fans perspective too, is I want to, grow with these teams too. I want them to be around for a while. I want to be able to buy a t-shirt and root for them. I'm going to fall in love with these teams and then they're immediately going to get split up the next year. It's like, why did I get attached if they're going to be gone? They should and, be look, awesome. and I think that these are healthy debates to have. They're healthy mm -hmm. conversations to have. As long as people do it respectfully with Christian, maybe that this creates a dialogue where he's willing to be like, you know what? Maybe there's something there because you can't be a fan of a team. Like you're saying, Kelsey, you can't be a fan of a team that's constantly shipping their players off, you know, for a profit. Like I'm a Tampa Bay Rays fan. I know about this all too well. Anytime I get attached to somebody, they put them on the front lawn in a yard sale the next year. That's not fair to me as a fan because 
I'm wearing their merch and I'm looking at their pictures of the starting day of the next year. And I'm like, who the hell are these guys? <laughs> it's like major league in, uh, <laughs> with Cleveland Indians. I don't even know if this guy even existed anymore. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That guy's dead. Well, cross him off then. Or the one where he's like, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> That's how I feel every single year because I get accustomed. And look, I get it. It's Moneyball, essentially. Schmodown is Moneyball, where it's like you're trying to get the best bang for your buck every year. Right, and exactly. I just feel like Shannon did such a good job of it. And now she's going to have to basically make some really hard choices at the end of the season that I don't feel like she should have to make. Right. Same you know? with uh, Winston has some hard choices as well. Winston's done a great job this year motivating It's like if you – if, if but if you're worried about, like, there being not enough parity in the league and, like, the, the thin stock exchanges having too much power, it's like just let what's going to happen happen because we saw what's going to happen last night. Eventually mm. – People are going to get tired of being in other people's shadows on their team. And then you're going to be in a place where somebody's like, you know what? I want to go to a team where I'm going to be a star. Yeah. I want to go to a team where I'm going to be the playmaker. I'm going to be the one that gets the opportunities, that gets the shot. And I don't want to have to live in anybody else's shadow. And that's going to happen on its own. You don't have to shake everything up and disorient fans and disorient managers, especially like, look, this year shouldn't even count. Like this year, this year to me, like I'm not counting my birthday this year. Okay. <laughs> like 2020 can go, 2020 can go kick rocks. Okay. I'm not counting this birthday this season uh, for Schmodown. It's like for storyline purposes, I don't feel like, I don't feel like these managers should have to be able to get ready, get rid of those guys. Because they haven't had a chance to really work with them, to really help them grow. And you're not seeing, like, we all know the Roca that we saw in this tournament is not the same John Roca, and he hasn't fallen off. It's just some players don't play well under these circumstances. That's it's like true. having Viviani makes a great point, and it's, it's especially when he's not yelling. And that is that this is like home field advantage to people that are used to working under these circumstances that are used to doing everything remotely. But for people who are not used to that, the old school folk, this is a hard thing to get used to. So yeah. for everyone calling for Mark and Draco for not holding up his hands or whatever the hell, like get out of here. Certain Agreed. people play better under other circumstances. And I don't feel like this is the thing that should be the make or break that, 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 that breaks the straw on the camel's back or whatever the hell the analogy is. God, I sound like Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> you did go on Gucci verse once. That could have scarred you for life. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I totally agree, too. That's actually one of the things I said about Adam Collins is a great rookie so far this year. He's had great, two great performances. But I want to see him in more of a different showdown event. This is what he, as the family, this is what he did. And he's just proving what he did. Let's put him in a, a live event show. Put him in a, in a studio event where you have to face, sit across from John Roca and see how, if that makes any difference. Because I think it might. There's some teams that have to have the intimidation feel. I mean, looking over your screens, it's what you do all the time. Looking like seeing Dan Merle sitting next to you answering questions. It's totally different ball game at that point. Yeah. So truly is. And for someone that's like a Bateman who just plays better with that crowd energy and a guy, guy yeah. and Bateman, they need that crowd energy to feed off of. That's just who they are as competitors. 
Mm-hmm. Same with Roka. You know what I mean? Yep, Roka gets charged up. Like, yes. he, like that is his lifeblood. If you could slap a crowd, a studio audience in an IV bag and put it in his arm, he'd let you. <laughs> <laughs> he needs that. He needs that energy to feed off of. And this just isn't doing it for him. Yeah. Um, Andrew has been very vocal about the same thing. He hates the digital format. He doesn't want to do this at all because it takes away half of his game. His game is being in there, putting the feet up on the desk next to you, slowing those and throwing those, those curveballs out at you. That's what gets him going and gets him winning. But, yeah. Uh, so many people are giving me crap about uh, – Rooting for Brady. I know, I say, right? Yeah, I am you. such an anti. I talked so much crap about Tom Brady. <laughs> Imagine talking so much crap. All the, this, These managers are going to have to deal with the same thing. Imagine talking so much smack on a player, and then all of a sudden you're saddled with him next year, and you're like, welcome <laughs> aboard. Like, what are they supposed to do? <laughs> you know? Well, Jake, I know you put that in there, Jen. You know I love you, but when you start running for Brady, I'm going to talk you know, all the shit to you. It's just going to transfer from Roxy. You should talk to Roxy and shit. Now you have to take it over to Jen at this point. <laughs> oh, there's a big difference between rooting against like Tom Brady and rooting against the Patriots. You should root <laughs> against the establishment, not the player. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay, now that he's off, uh, he's away from uh, Belichick and Kraft now. You're saying that's okay now? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know what? When he's on your team, it's um, when someone's on a different team, they're just they're just an asshole. When they're on your team, they're your asshole. And so you have to embrace that and everything that comes with it, the good and the bad, you know, um, like I had, fan and I had Pedro Martinez on my team. I loved him. If I was a Yankee fan, I would have hated that motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? So it's it's that same way. Uh, for for is that Tom's real name? No, it's not Tom's last name. Oh, some of you don't really watch sports, do you? <laughs> Imagine a world. Imagine a world where you don't know who Tom Brady is. <laughs> What's that world like? <laughs> you guys are so cute. So cute. <laughs> but I, I, you know, going back to the actual paper itself, outside the last, uh, the last round, which we've kind of talked about, I gotta say, it's interesting that it was the whole match itself was a great, amazing match up until that point. Although it's amazing how much it mirrored Atlanta. It, it, yeah. I mean, Whole and got a little little bit behind one point, and then he aces the betting round, aces the speed round, even to the point where he had the big excited moment, and he goes in that everybody even was saying I, I was listening to a chat, they're like, "Oh, it's over now." I'm like, "Did you guys watch Atlanta? Do you not see Dan Merle? <laughs> this has happened before." Sure enough, it happened again. Uh, I I feel my heart fell for him. I've always been a team guy, you know that is in the in the Civil War, but I couldn't help but go, "Man, again, Ben, again." Uh, how do you move on from something like that, from that kind of a disaster twice now? How do you I think on? I think this is what's going to be the thing that makes makes Ben. I don't think Ben would stay with Tom if Tom paid him to stay with him at this point. I think Ben's going to have to go and find a new a new team that's willing to give him that opportunity to shine. Uh, I don't know who that team is um, because I feel like you also have to fit in with the. You have to. Oh, do I want to know? 
I was watching with it. I was very upset for, for Ben. Just very upset that Ben was like going through it again. I felt bad for him. I wasn't crying. But it was <laughs> sure, Paul. You <laughs> guy, I can't do that. But uh, do have uh, Mark. If you want to come babysit Kevin, you can come up here and get him right now. Oh, for those of you that don't know, Mark is my downstairs neighbor. <laughs> this is basically just a uh, it's a schmodown fraternity house. Uh, Emma's gonna be moving in, I think. Uh, a couple other people are moving in. It's very interesting. It's gonna be our little our little powwow house for sure. <laughs> our neighbors are gonna hate us when live events start happening because we're just gonna have everybody over afterwards because we can just party in the halls, you know. So absolutely. Oh, Mark, you're always welcome on. You know, I'll hit you up a link. You want to come on the second half of the show? You're always welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but love you. Anyway, we do have other super chats real quick. I'll read real quick. Ferris Madonna, the same person who just dropped, uh, threw me under the bus for crying about Ben, supposedly, just says, hello. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tachyon of the source, we've seen in the chat a couple of times already, says, if I'm Ken, I'm not keeping any of the players. I'd get Bateman, Goddard, and the Barbarian as my three protected players. Use the first overall pick to get a partner for Goddard. Use the second first round pick from the Irwin trade to sign Scrimshaw for Star Wars. Thoughts? That's a lot. Thoughts is that I've heard rumblings that, that one of the teams will not exist at the end of the season. And given all of the things that the Droogs have been through this season, there's a lot of speculation that it could be them. We'll have to wait and see at the end of the season. But I, uh, my thoughts are we'll have to wait and see how this all shakes out. I, I see Ben. I would really be curious what someone like a Shannon would be able to do with a, right. with a Ben Bateman. You know what I mean? Because the fact that she's been able to take all of these rookies and essentially polish their skills and their gameplay to the level that she has been able to do, uh, I think speaks a lot of her in terms of the kind of manager she is. So I'd be curious to see how that would play out. I would but uh, again, we're going to have to see. Yeah. I, I, they ha the person has to fit in with the vibe of the faction. You know what absolutely. I mean? And for me, if we're going to see old school Ben, or perhaps worse, like a, maybe even a, a meaner version of Ben than we're used to seeing, even when he was with Team Action, then I can imagine him fitting in somewhere like Corruption, where mind games are paramount. 110%. Absolutely. Oh, there. Um, my interesting point about last night also, now I'm thinking about it, is when Ben was going, like, flipping his shit, he did not throw Barbarian under the bus at all. He was yeah. talking big about Barbarian. Like, he helped me out. He did this. Where does that fit into the puzzle? So is, is Barbarian possibly going to leave Gucci with him? Are they closer than we know? Is that going to be the new team next year? Ben and, and we're looking for team action, but is Ben and Barbarian going to make a team together, maybe? Possibly, you know, but that's the thing is, I don't feel like I, I would be disappointed to see Riley and Ben get split up. I think they had an unfortunate bad match together. It hap it happens, you know. We've seen we've seen the exact same thing happen to Chance and Mike in Orlando. And guess what? They rebounded from that. And so I don't think that you can base your the strength of your team off your worst match, like off your last match. Like that's just not how that should be done. So I guess we're gonna have to wait and see how that, that pans out. But I just it seems early to call it when it comes to Ben and Riley. It truly, truly does in my heart of hearts, uh, unless they are done with each other. Right, And I think that that's a conversation that they are going to have to sit down and have with each other and see where both their heads are at in terms of 
playing next season in terms of playing together next season and whether or not they would just both leave. But I can't, I can't see Riley splitting off from, from his friends that he's been with from the beginning. Like I can't see him splitting off from the OGs. And that's where I was too. I mean, and and that was the tell that Bateman even threw a little jab at Riley for not texting him. So there is some minor friction there. Perhaps we don't, maybe we'll hear more about it later. Who knows? Maybe this is just a little bump. We've had little bumps in the road before. Um, But you're right. I think who's the boss still could absolutely. I mean, you can't, you have one bad match. They were still like they had championship material written all over them throughout. Um, so we'll have to see how that goes. But I do agree that, uh, that they're great. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that one. You can I, do, I do think that this could come down to being one of those situations where a player leaves the team and essentially a change of scenery is all it takes to see the best version of them. And so maybe Ben leaving is the way that we get the best version of Bateman. And where he's not feeling like he's constantly in the shadow of his teammates, where he gets maybe some individualized attention from whatever manager he has, and he's treated like the star that he is. Right. Um, but if you're always if you're always Tom Brady's backup, then you're always Tom Brady's backup. You know. And that's exactly it. No matter how Ben does, even if Ben won the belt last night, I still feel he would almost at least feel like he was in Merle's shadow still. Yeah. Yeah. the greatest of all time. It's hard to get past that. I mean, it would have been better and he might be able to work on it more, but now that he's lost to Merle twice in spectacular fashion, spectacular collapses, there's no way for him to go on in this team and never feel anything less than probably third wheel at that point comparatively. Mm-hmm. You got Merle, you got Roca. I mean, it's hard to, those are two big shadows. And uh, I mean, even if Bateman is better than, I, I could, I would argue that Bateman's probably better than <clears throat> Michael at this point um i alex says she'd love to see a true free agent competitor i'm not sure what she's alluding to if she means that a player doesn't like just needs to be rogue and not have a manager that's just not how the league is structured anymore you know what i mean like there's no one's in business for themselves that'd be like being a quarterback without a team you know what i mean or being a running back without a team or any position without a team um it's just it's not how the league's structured anymore um but I feel like managers do do a lot when they are given the opportunity to, but it also has to do with the relationship between the manager and the competitor. You know, they're only, they can only do so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I can't, like if I was managing, I can't beg one of my competitors. That's not a studier to study. You know what I mean? They have to want to put that extra that extra legwork in themselves, you know? Like if I got someone like a Stacy Howard, if I was a manager, I'd be stoked because Stacy has the, the the knowledge that she has. Uh and if she were just able to put a little more effort into it in terms of her preparation, I think she'd be dangerous. Absolutely. If I'm... her if her game was just a little bit more calculated, if she went out and she was like, "All right, what are my opponent's strengths? Okay, let's look at those categories." All right. What are some categories that I can study that are super specific? You know, what are those wheel slices that I can really hammer down that are so specific that I'm like, I can cover this like from top to bottom and feel confident in this category? Like something like that. I mean, I'm giving away my strategies here. I hope somebody's writing this down. Um, <laughs> but these are things that I'm like, I would do with someone like a Stacy Howard and I could elevate their game to the next level. Well, Think in a category like classics, I'm screwed. But you know what? <laughs> Other than that, uh, I feel like I feel pretty good about that. 
Well, well, you seem you're talking a big game. Is there ever any chance that you would like to manage sometime? Um, I don't know. I think you'd be a great manager. I think yeah, because have, the you know, only thing I took away from that conversation, Jen, was that Jessica just needs to come and just make an appearance. <laughs> and her, her manager what if? Game. What if Jessica? managed Bateman and Guy and got them back together. I hate to spread the propaganda, but as a as a uh, team action chill, um yes. Yep. Yes, please. Yeah, that please. is finally what we've been waiting for. A couple <laughs> years now. A couple of years now. We keep eventually going to uh. keep pushing the buttons. But, uh, but it's just interesting, though, talking about the whole manager thing, because I've had some rumblings from different people. Different managers do different things in the league. Some managers are mouthpieces. Some managers are strategists, strategists. And some managers are the, gonna. I'm going to sit down with my team and study with them because they have the knowledge. When you have someone like a Sam Levine, he should be the one that's actually helping out with the knowledge because he has the knowledge. Someone like a Gucci. Not exactly, unless you're studying the Arnie slice, the Arnie slice slice, he's not going to help you knowledge-wise, but he can help you in other ways. But I find that different players are going to perform different under different managers. They need... Oh, for sure. And I think different managers have different... uh, They have different method in terms of getting their getting the best out of their players. For instance, I think think Grace is very much like a motivator. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't necessarily know that she's uh, a person that strategizes a whole lot. I think she knows her opponents, but I don't think there's a big difference between managing during the game and managing before the game. And I am from the skill set that you need to do both. Mm -hmm. You need to have a plan going into the game and you need to have a plan B for what happens within the game. Mm-hmm. You know, so so getting that so getting that uh, that strategy together before the game where it's like, OK, these are the way this is the way we're going to attack this particular opponent and you cater your game there. But then when you're in there, I think Merle actually talked a little bit about this where it's like you prepare for the opponent, but then you just prepare for the game while you're in it. Like you are just playing the game, but you do all of your prep before the match starts. And that's how someone wins like right. that's the way that you attack this game that's how you become a dan merle is by doing all of that heavy lifting before the match but being willing to bend your rules and bend your strategy as the game goes on and adjust if you can't make those adjustments and you're just this is my plan no matter what that's how you get caught up 110 percent I do think, and you can tell that during some of the matches as well. Sometimes you get to the second round or whatever, you have the managers come in, and they're like, you know what we talked about. Let's see what we do. Do you still feel comfortable with that? And you know those guys are prepared. Sometimes they come in and it's kind of like, well, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? And they spin it. Like, if you don't know what you're going to throw, like spinning opponent's choice or spinner's choice, you don't know beforehand what you're doing, then why are you even playing? You should have that in mind already if you're, you're prepared. There's not much that's going to change that aspect of it. If you're that far behind, that far ahead, maybe a little bit. But if you know what you want to get, you know what place you want, you should be able to just go, I don't even need to stop my manager to spinner's choice. I want that. And that's the end of the story. I've seen yeah. it happen a few times. It's kind of like, well, you should have this worked out beforehand if you're going to manage. Yeah. And I really haven't liked seeing that. I know that some people like that peak behind. Behind the curtain but I feel like you should already have those if I get a B and C like these are the things that I'm going to spin away from because I don't feel like you should be giving your opponents that kind of leg up you know what right. I mean in terms of knowing what you're scared of on that wheel and I feel yeah. like that has been a huge hampering for certain people that have gotten the unfortunate you know opponents choice this season right. um I don't like that 
Uh, that's just not my thing. I feel like they should be able to confer off screen somehow, you know, um, but those are things that I think we're going to have to work out and find a better system for doing in a way that doesn't hamper the opponents and allows the managers to talk openly with their, with their competitors, you know, 110%. Uh, really quick, Andres Gallagher, big fan. Uh, I've got to get back to work. Thought I'd drop a line yeah. and get in some love. Love hearing your thoughts. Uh, can't wait to see you again next year, also, as well. Uh, one match is not enough. I think you got a great future ahead of you, Andres. So uh, keep at it. Um, but what I was saying, actually, before, regardless, is that Adam Collins had, um, I believe, in his match against Broke, he spun away from something, but he did it in such a way where he didn't know whether it was like a weakness or if it was just something he wanted more. He's kind of he's like, yeah, I could do that. I like something a little bit more. So maybe I'll go and it seemed like so much of an easier, uh, a better way to do it because he gave almost nothing away. I almost feel like he could have done that category fine, but perhaps it was his least favorite category. Maybe he's nothing. I mean, he's no nothing about it, but you wouldn't know by the way he spun away and talked about it. So you have to know what you're doing in this day and age, what you're saying on screen, because anything that you say on screen is going to be used against you if you don't say it carefully enough. Yeah, exactly. Choose your words wisely. Alex makes a really good point, and that is, you know, uh, and that's something that I feel like managers have gotten screwed on as they end up getting a competitor maybe later on in the draft or someone that they prepare differently. It's kind of like doing a group project, you know, like you had to do in high school. We all hated them. Uh, at least I did because I am of the mind of um, I did all the work and then everybody else got all the credit. Yep. And so I know the kind of manager that I would be, would be hands-on and very preparation oriented and having my game plan before going into the match. But then I know that there are people that just don't operate that way and they don't want to be told that they've got to practice or that they've got to study or even want the help studying, you know, but I will say, um, I've helped competitors prepare for matches and they've done fantastically. So I have to know what I'm doing on some level. I'm hearing more and more that I think Jessica's becoming uh, the next manager. That's what I want to say. That's, <laughs> that's what we're doing. We have to name it Team Factor. I just don't want to give up interviewing. That's the I thing. Is I love interviewing so much, so much so that I would interview myself, and one of us would be in a beanie, and one of us wouldn't be. Like, or I'd have to do like all of, or I would just disappear during all the post matches, and like no one would say anything about it, and they'd be like, "What happened to the manager?" You know. Um, but I think that they're they're worried about. Uh, me remaining unbiased. And I don't think that that's something that I have to worry about because I, I'm able to look, I'm friends with so many people in this league. Like, okay. I feel like I am the unofficial stage mom of the Schmodown. Um, I'm the one that kind of keeps the energy good backstage. I'm the one that settles disputes. I keep things off of Christian's desk when people start getting petty. Uh, like, that's my job. Like, I'm the person that's like, you. You guys calm down or I'm going to turn this car around right now. <laughs> that's, that's how I operate in terms of how I help the schmo down. I do people's makeup. I do whatever. I, I am one of those just, I'm one of those game players that literally I will help you however you need assistance and do whatever job needs to be done because it's for the betterment of the show. And that's always been the most important thing to me since I joined this family, you know, um, so yeah, I would, I would love to be a, uh, I would, I would probably love to be a manager as long as I could continue to do my interviewing stuff. But I don't think that those two things will ever be allowed to happen at the same time, which sucks. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, I, get that. yeah. I do get that. Uh, Canada rocks in the stream labs to say, even though the online season has been really good, the biggest downside is no gen interviews. If the beginning of next season is also digital, any plans for you to do online interviews? God, I'd love to. I really, truly would. Um, 
I've even talked about like possibly doing like pre-interviews with people like uh, remotely, you know, maybe sending those clips to Christian, see how he felt about it. Because I just feel like you can only do so much. And I feel like the more we can start returning to some sense of normalcy right now, the better this all feels. You know, like mm -hmm. I've really loved seeing uh, the promos that Ken's shot on location at his house where he looked like he was losing his mind into a slow descent of madness. You know, like I enjoy those. I enjoy those peaks behind the curtain that we can get into people's lives in terms of how they're operating right now under these weird circumstances. But I miss live events. And I was thinking about it the other day. I was just like, nothing quite beats a crowd. And the energy that you guys give us when we're doing those live events, like, uh, it's just unparalleled. It's unparalleled. I mean, Houston was so much fun. I love every time that we've done a show in Los Angeles. Um, it's, uh, it's tough. I miss my family. I, I, I think more than anything, um, being away from everybody sucked because having a plan and knowing where you were going to be every Saturday when we tape these matches, like, I knew that that was the one day of the week I could count on that. Yeah, we'd do a ton of work while I was there, but we would have so much fun. And it was really just a chance for us to all hang out and be together. And that's what we love doing because we genuinely care about each other. I know someone in the Facebook group the other day was saying that, oh, I wish that there were players that had actual beef with each other. And it's like, no, we don't want that because we have enough problems in the rest of the world with people we fight with and people that we don't want to work with. This is the place that we could all come together for the love of movies and enjoy each other's company and just have fun and compete and play these ridiculous characters or a, high, a heightened versions of ourselves. And um, I miss that the most. And so, yeah. I, get that. I totally get that. And we all miss, we, every day we're in our chat convention about how much we miss live events. <laughs> we, we got to go all the time. We're family, we're family too. And this is our family events. We're always going to be hanging out. We have the energy before or after and to meet, see everybody like you guys there as well. It, it's, it sucks. It sucks. Uh, there's nothing else to be said about it. But next year, hopefully, we can get everything more under control. And here's the hope. Uh, real quick, I do have a few more super chats. Ben Rayner, my prediction is same going to keep Ethan. And then Sam, yeah. Sam, yeah. That's what a, yeah. And Guy and Baton will end up on the dungeon next year, Team Action Reunion. I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> I'm shocked because I know <laughs> Kaiser likes those. <laughs> now you don't like that you don't like Kaiser with uh, Ben and Guy? No. No. <laughs> no. I don't know why. Still yeah, that's still the sea at this point. Because, I because my okay. boys wear suits. <laughs> they are classy. They are not driving windowless vans to the Schmodown. They are not dumpster diving. You know, no, I'm sorry. They are not holding up a 7-Eleven for some lottery tickets. Like that's not the things that Team Action does or did or whatever. No. So you don't think they can class Kaiser up? Maybe get Kaiser in a suit, maybe? You've met Kaiser, right? <laughs> yes, yes, I have. It's probably a little, little snap-on bow tie. It would totally be a snap-on bow tie. That's all he'd wear. He'd wear the bow tie and maybe a t-shirt at that point. That's it would, be, it would just be that. We're just crafting managers at this point now, like a, like a video game and just what parts of which. <laughs> <laughs> I... Here's the thing. I don't think Kaiser is 
a hands-on manager that's going to bring out the best in Guy. I think that Guy needs someone that's going to push him a little harder and stay on him a little more. Mm -hmm. um, that's just the kind of player that I know Guy is, is because mm -hmm. a lot of times uh, Guy's really busy, you know, and he, he gets really caught up in all the work that he's doing. But at the same time, he... Um, he can neglect some of the preparation that should be done. And honestly, that pre-strategy that I'm mm -hmm. talking about, where it's like, if he could just focus in on those categories that he wants to learn beforehand and learn a little bit more about his opponent beforehand, uh, I feel like that's stuff that could really benefit Guy. And I feel like he did that before the Merle match. I don't feel like, I feel like if Dan doesn't spin opponent's choice, we don't. We aren't talking about the, one of the biggest upsets in Schmodown history because he had done his homework on Merle because no one believed he could do it. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think that the more you can have someone uh, like let's see, Alex says I think he could do well with Kate based off what I've heard about her. Mm, I don't think so. I don't mm -hmm. think so. Uh, I I just don't see. I don't see that that that's the kind of environment that he works in. I feel like if he got around a player like Kalinowski and Chance, people that would push him, um, that's honestly where I would lean more towards. Well, I will throw out the other fact, the other idea is that you know that Ben Bateman, who is basically a player manager himself, he's getting Ben back on his side might be enough. He did that preparation when he was still team action. Yeah. You know I mean, so maybe maybe Kaiser wouldn't have, and not necessarily Kaiser, but whoever maybe wouldn't even have to be the manager, just getting under Ben, because Ben is going to basically be an assistant manager. Whoever signs him, you got your second manager right there, because he's going to be able to run studies. He's got the books just like Kalinowski does. So and that might be enough to help Guy get back on track and more push, too, because, you know, Ben's not going to train him when he's fighting and when he's facing him, but you have him in the same faction. Yeah. Maybe that's enough. I mean, I don't know. It's... And I don't hate the idea of a player manager, honestly, but I feel like Bateman's one of the only people that could actually be tasked with doing that. I don't feel like Ken was the right the right move to make in terms of like, uh, it needs to be someone that understands the strategy of the game and how to prepare for the game. And I feel like Bateman does that better than most people do. Um, same with Kalinowski, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I just think what Shannon's done for Kalinowski isn't necessarily prepare him in a studying habit, but um, more so keeping his keeping him out of his own head, right? You know that's what I feel like Mike's biggest uh, hindrance is. It's his own. He's, it's himself. Absolutely. It always is um, because he's he's not the knowledge is there with Mike. Mm -hmm. It always has been. I do remember that just just going to spectacular. I remember we were there at the the expo and everything else. Mike seemed off right from the get go. Like he was in his head. Like even the whole day, like just meeting the fans and everything else, he just never seemed like to be comfortable with what was going on, which is unlike everything I'd ever seen before. And that's when he went on and had the worst match of his life against Kevin Smets because he got into his head. And that's that's the kind of guy he is. Andrew Guy also gets into his own head. I remember in New York, we were uh, we actually were there with you, and like the night before his, his match, his match against RB, he was in his head and wondering about it who's gonna be he was gonna be the Dan Merle in that situation. And we had to talk him down, and then he went out and took care of business. But those people can do that. Um, some people can't. Some people can just not worry about it. But unfortunately, they're not all like that. But uh, real quick, again, Brandon Buckingham with a five dollars uh, super chat. Best managers, coaches have game plan going into going into the match and are also able to adapt based on what is going on in the match. Very baseball football mentality. Absolutely. 
And that's what we're going for. We're trying to make this a real sport. That's that's the way you got to go. You got to attack it like a real sport. Exactly. You can't yeah. just be leaving it all up to chance. And look, the, the wheel is still the wheel. The, it's still going to wreak havoc. And there's not much you can do to combat that except to know as many components of that wheel as humanly possible. Know what your opponent's strengths are. Know the kind of opponent that you're facing and whether or not they're going to come into this prepared or if they're just going to be walking in this with their casual knowledge because that's going to determine what they put on that wheel. Mm-hmm. It truly mm-hmm. is. And I think that Merle's one of those people that he subscribes to this thought that I, that the same thoughts that I'm putting out there right now. And that is that he will get really specific and, um, and narrow, narrow down what he can, what he will control as many elements of that wheel as humanly possible. So it's not as scary for him going in. I like that. Absolutely. All right. Well, you know what? We only, I know we only have you for a few more minutes, Jen. So definitely one thing I wanted to talk to you about. I'll throw it up there on the wheel. Coming up, Yay! Jen and Yay! Brad Grimoire finally getting a show. I know I have been pushing for that for a little bit ever since I started watching your preview specials. Uh, you guys have great camaraderie together. It's going to be a fun show. Uh, tell us about it. Some people haven't been able to see your preview. Uh, tell us what how this show is going to be, how it's going to differ from backstage per se. And, yeah. Uh, we want it to feel much more like a sports nation slash uh, cold pizza vibes. We want it to feel fun, kind of irreverent, uh, much more audience participation involved. So polls and uh, and bits, all the bits, as I told Christian, we're going to do all the bits because I really enjoy strong comedy elements of shows. And I feel like sports and comedy is something that a lot of people have not been able to figure out how to do well. And it's something that Brad and I just get. We have very good timing and we play well off of each other. And he lets me be the ridiculous one. And he handles all the business. You know, he's the, he's the buttoned up suit guy. And I'm like the wacky side co like side co-host that he's got to reel in. And that's just <laughs> how it works for us. You know, um, I think that it's going to be a lot of fun. I think that uh, people are going to be, if you haven't watched Brad and I work together, you're really missing out. I really encourage you to watch those previews that we do together uh, before pay-per-views. They're always a lot of fun. And our new show is going to be just that on steroids. You know, it's going to be guaranteed laughs, a really fun watch, uh, good interviews. Um, but we we want it to feel fun, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I can't say that word enough is we want it to just not feel even like our interviews we just want to approach them differently so uh here's to hoping that 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 kicks off without a hitch uh i think we're doing like some run-throughs and stuff this week and it's going to be a lot of fun and when does it go live now i got I, I believe we we are we said we wanted to do it this week but i gotta be honest i'm kind of relieved i think christian announced that it's going to be the following week is when we're going to go live because uh I, big news i'm moving so yeah i'm moving this week at some point so i'm like yeah i uh i'm kind of relieved that i don't have to worry about half my stuff not being here and like moving things to a new location and trying to figure out the logistics of all that. So maybe next week it's the best, better time to start anyway. Perfect. I mean, like I said, definitely my most anticipated show. I agree. It's one of those big ones. I do. And everybody that- better show up. I'm holding all of you in this comment section right now or anyone watching this 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 playback. You better be there with bells on, as my grandmother <laughs> says, you know, and, um, and support the show, you know, because I, I – 
we none of these shows get made without your support and none of them are successful without you guys putting the word out. And we are, want to be that show. Brad and I want to be that show that you can bring your friends to mm -hmm. that might ne not necessarily know everything about the Schmodown, but we can get them hooked. We can make them feel like it's a club that they want to belong in, that they what they feel at home at, and uh, and that they want to learn more about this game. You know, we're gonna cover a lot of things that that's the history of the show. You know, and talk about debate issues that are things that are what led us to where we are now currently in the league. And we want to just make it to a level, like I said, that we can bring in those casual viewers. And you guys, I, I see it posted all the time in the group. What shows can I show someone that's never seen the show that'll get them hooked? We got you covered. Perfect. We're going to be that. We're going to be that show for you guys. That's going to be the, uh, the show that reels you in, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I gotta say, it's a perfect combination for the two of you. You and Brad have such a great sports background, great wrestling background, great Schmodown background. All three of those things you need, and it's everything that makes the Schmodown what it is. And you're insiders; you have these great relationships with people as well. Yeah. So it is the perfect draw and show. I mean, I couldn't think of a, two, a pairing that would that is any better than you two. <laughs> and Brad, honestly, I love working with Brad Gilmore. He is such a professional, and like he is so smooth uh, when it comes to how he operates uh you know in terms of just being on camera and guiding us through a, a rundown like i haven't seen someone this good since i worked on the show uh versus the daily line uh mm -hmm. back in new york when i was working on nbc sports my right. co-host liam McHugh, who does hockey now for nbc sports that's how i feel about brad like he has that it factor yeah. and like that suave like it's it just everything just feels like it's a show that's just coated in butter. It's that easy to work with and that and that's delicious because he makes everything so easy and it makes my job so much more fun because I get to be the fun, irreverent one that brings all the bits to the show. Phrasing, but you know what I mean. <laughs> everything you need. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> will Brad have his soundboard? Absolutely. Brad will likely have a soundboard because uh, I haven't figured out how to remotely disable that thing. Um, and one of these days, poor Brendan Meyer is going to snap being called tenderoni. Like, you're going to see his picture on the news being like, they never, no one ever saw this coming. You know, he was just a quiet guy. He was very happy. And then all of a sudden, you know, he just went to the grocery store and just Burn down the entire noodle aisle for being a tenderoni. Like that's what's gonna, he's going to lose his mind wearing full Joker face makeup. I, oh my like, God. yes, it's gonna happen. That's what you have to say, and that's gonna be, you can see it over. You have to do. I can't wait to see the report on that from you guys. So. <laughs> Well, Jed, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us. We really appreciate your insight. And uh, anytime talking to you is a time well spent. Um, why don't you just tell us anywhere else you can find us, find you, uh, besides the upcoming show. I know you have other places that you'd like to plug. I do. I do. I need a huge favor from the Schmodown audience. I need you to grab whatever device it is that you download your podcast on, possibly multiple devices. Yes, that, that will work. Uh, grab your device. And I need you to find my podcast, Swings, A-N-D, and Mrs. M-R-S. Find that podcast. It's a picture of my face on it. You can't miss it. Download that podcast. I don't even care if you guys listen to it. Just subscribe. 
subscribe, <laughs> let the episodes rack up. And you know what? If you're on a long drive somewhere because none of us want to get on a plane right now, thank you guys. <laughs> none of you guys want to get on a plane right now. Download all of those podcast episodes. I promise you, we talk tons of stuff on there that you will enjoy, including my latest thing that I've been doing is I've been going back and watching all of these movies that are supposedly classics that I've missed. And I break them down every single week in a way that absolutely pisses off my husband and my co-host. Um, <laughs> like I had some really bad hot takes apparently when it came to watching um, Predator. Uh, I had never seen Predator until like three or four weeks ago and I watched it and I told them that I didn't believe that Predator was that scary because I said, I'm like, I wasn't intimidated by him because he seems too funny. And they're like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, I did my research. I'm that, I'm that person when you watch a movie. I'm like sitting there on my IMDb and I'm like, oh my God, did you know that that guy was in this movie and this and this? Small world. Like I'm that idiot. That's like, oh, that's, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Um, so I, uh, so I, I brought hot takes for that. I also, I watched, um, I watched RoboCop last week. No one warned me. <laughs> That RoboCop, one, is a hot disaster, but two, it's incredibly violent. So the minute, the minute, the spoilers, if you haven't seen it, the minute the guy gets shot up in the beginning, I just went, holy shit, this is aggressive. Is. I was like, what are they going to build him out of? And I was like, there's not much left. And then like, and then like the guy that has the balls to dip his fingers in the baby food. And I was like, that's not baby food. What is he doing? My whole my whole thing that I had a really a really big problem with was uh, I did not like that drive a lot like the drives the first time he goes out the first night RoboCop goes out yeah. and he like stops an armed robbery at like a grocery store or whatever <laughs> or a gas station or he's doing all these like he's he's at stopping all these crimes stops a woman from being raped right. And he just leaves the crime in progress. Like he beats, the guy, he beats the guy up, but he like leaves him there. Doesn't put him in cuffs. Doesn't do anything about it. And I was like, who does this guy's paperwork? Like who's filing? Like the guy's not even arrested. He's just beat up at the site. Like what stops him from getting up? And like who, who stops the guy from getting up and just finishing the crime in progress? Like. Yeah. And, and Cody was like, so you're saying that <laughs> this really expensive piece of police property is supposed to be doing desk paperwork, Jen. You have a point. I love you, you're Jen. Trying to give, you're trying to give RoboCop a desk job. And I was like, well, yeah. What's he doing? He's not, He's going out and getting all the glory. And then everybody else has to, like, push his papers around and, like, handcuff people that's bullshit yeah, like, I say, he would probably go through those paperwork really quickly a lot quicker than anybody else until about a fish thing. he would be like it would be like that scene in short circuit when it's like input input but yeah i i'm i was dying so i like i'm saying if you don't have to be a sports fan uh, you don't have to know who Tom Brady is to like my show. You will like it a little more, certain parts of it, because you understand those things. But we make sports very attainable for people that aren't necessarily uh, 
like hardcore sports fans. We give you the stuff that you can go and talk to your friends about and sound super educated, but you're really just fibbing your way through it. Like <laughs> that's the kind of sports show that we are. Um, so yeah, it is uh, a great come for you know, come for the sports, stay for my movie hot takes. I watched Alien uh, this past week and Aliens, mm -hmm. and uh, we're probably going to be covering that this week. Oh, so, um, but yeah, I'm trying to get Brad to do something similar with that with me, where I, where I basically, I just ruin everybody's favorite movies. If you ruin Back to the Future for him, I don't know if he'll have you on anymore. <laughs> I, I have hot takes on Back to the Future too, but it's oh, just, boy. I... I, so here's the thing, Mark and Draco and I watch movies very similarly, where it's like, you can't leave plot holes for us, okay? Okay. Like when I saw Quiet Place, I walked out of there and I was furious, because I was like, why are these idiots not just living by the fucking waterfall? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, because Jen, if they live by the waterfall, there's no movie. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I want to watch a disaster film where everyone makes the right choices. You know I mean? <laughs> that was why I actually got so pissed at Walking Dead and why I finally gave up on Walking Dead was the scene when they were trying to leave Alexandria and like they were trying to sneak out amongst all these zombies. Again, spoilers. And I was like, and they were trying to sneak out with a kid and they're all dressed as zombies, like covered in like zombie-ish blood and people blood and shit. And they're walking out and they're all holding hands and there's some idiot, some idiot little kid that's like, mom. And I was like, I'm done. I, I just turned off the TV and I was like, fuck this show. I'm done. I'm done. Because if you don't have that conversation with your kid, like, hey, if you talk, we all die. Take <laughs> your kid's mouth for all I care at this point. This is life or death scenarios we're talking here, okay? You gotta knock the fuckers out. I really know. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, that, was, that was what we, uh, that was what, <laughs> oh, spoilers, the kid dies. Yeah, he deserves that little shit. And if you don't know it is, you're not Southern like I am. Is someone, it's a little punk ass kid that would like steal a minivan. That's a jit. Because no one else on the planet Earth steals a minivan except a jit. This is verbatim a conversation that I had with my history teacher back in high school. <laughs> Someone destroyed his van and he was like, you know, he's like, it's always these little jits. He's like, no one else destroys a minivan. No one else is like, let me stick it to this guy. <laughs> a windowless van. No, you don't key a windowless van. You key a Ferrari. You know what I mean? Like you key the guy key up, not down. <laughs> you don't key a minivan. Um, as my as my buddy Eddie Pence would say, you don't key a minivan. Right. Oh, sound advice right there. Oh, Brad, <laughs> you know? watch so out. That's, uh, so that's some of the things you can see on swings and misses. It's 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 so much stupid fun. Like I said, we have ridiculous conversations on there. You definitely want to wear headphones on some segments because sometimes it's not safe for work, but it's so funny. <laughs> so funny that like I've legit almost peed myself several times talking. I'm just like, oh my god, I should not have worn pants with a waistband today. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah. so if you guys want to send me movies that I should be watching that I've missed because odds are I've missed them. Uh, I have not seen Pulp Fiction. 
Oh, there you uh, go. Next. But here's the thing. I know enough about all these movies that I get the gist. And that's like my thing. When they ask me if I've seen a movie and I haven't seen it, I'm like, I get the gist. I know about what the movie's about, that I'm like, I can I can fake my way through this movie. But when I watch it, I'm like, oh, okay. Like Shawshank. I had some hot takes about Shawshank that they were just not on board with. So I listen to Swings and Misses, guys. Do me a huge favor. I think the movie segments are... Uh, are all highlighted, so like like they're 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 cut up, so you don't have to listen to the whole show. You can just listen to the movie segments, and uh, that would be a huge favor for me. Definitely, everybody get on that. I'm already downloaded. I've already downloaded. Yeah. It. Thanks, guys. Uh, it's a great it's a great time. Eddie Pence is hilarious. You guys together are just great camaraderie. Is it's it's a great show. So. Yeah, if you guys need a comedy special to check out right now, I'm in it, so you know it's good because I wouldn't put my stamp on it like that. Uh, Go and watch my buddy Eddie Pence's comedy special. I think it's available everywhere uh, in terms of how you can buy it. Yeah, um, I know it's on Amazon for sure. I definitely just saw it on Amazon. Yes, yes. Go and support uh, comedians that are doing their own. They're doing their own uh, specials, you know, just like Ellis did. Like Mark Ellis, exactly. So we well, the comedy game's just all a big monopoly anyway. So it's it's cool that they're able to get their specials out there because they're some of the funniest in the game, and it's just. <sighs> Netflix gets tired because you see the same faces over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's true. Ashton Army always has Jen's back. Likewise, guys. Likewise. If I can do anything to facilitate uh, action, action getting back together. I know a girl. I know a girl. A beanie wearing girl that might uh, be able to help you guys. Just so, um, we'll be in touch. We'll be in touch. How do people call my people? Definitely will. I don't have people send me a DM. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Love you guys. From me, from me and Kevin, we're going to bed. Bye, Kevin. Good night, Kevin, and good night, John. Thank you again. See Wait. you guys. Wait. Bye, y'all. Thanks, Jen. <laughs> well, that was something. Having Jen on is always a wonderful thing for us. The funny thing is we have a prediction of how we're supposed to do our show tonight. And we kind of went all from different directions and it's okay. I loved it. I was here for any minute of it. So, <laughs> um, yo, real quick, what we should do, uh, we should actually talk about the other match. We didn't get a chance to talk to you about the pay-per-view. Yeah, the no, a little about the other card. We didn't get to talk into that at all. Um, so let's mention that Janine versus the Warfather uh, was a, first of all, going into that match, I would think this is a perfect undercard. I love this undercard because I love Janine. We haven't gotten to see her in a hot minute. She wasn't going to be in the tournaments. And so we need to get something from her. And you get Warfather. Both people are entertaining. Both people are fun. And you don't need to have every match be like a championship level match. Mm -hmm. Janine's great. She is a great at with her knowledge. Warfather has not been able to prove himself quite yet. But they're also from underrepresented factions, people yes. who are down below. I have heard people complaining. If in Stock Exchange has a lot of corruption, has been had a lot. They had more matches, and it's true. They had more matches because they won, and that's part of the problem. Not problem, but that's part of the reason why. So mm -hmm. here we got two underrepresented factions to get up to square off against each other. And uh, what did you guys think about it? Uh, going into this, I was super excited for this match. Uh, I love Janine. I love Warfather. I was super stoked. And then just like the start of the match, oh my gosh, Janine walking in with her Harley Quinn gear. You know, I fangirled a little bit. <laughs> she knows how to she knows how to please her audience. And then of course Warfather with his amazing character. I was just already sold into it. I just so good. <laughs> I got two things I real quick before I update how to speak. War, first of all, War Sun was mentioned again, which I'm here for every time. And I love the idea of Eric Barnes being Warfather's roommate. 
that's a sketch show that we mm-hmm. have that I think is mm-hmm. not really bad at this point. And, that'd uh, be a show on SCN every week. It's like their first sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> and I did love the Big Hammer. Big Hammer. He outclassed the uh, the Warfather's Hammer. Ah, uh, yes, it's true. It's War Daddy. War Daddy. In some yeah. places, actually, it's War Daddy. That's what he said on uh, the comments there in Chill Dash. And he said, it's War Daddy. Um, sometime we're going to have him on Chill and see if we can figure that out a little bit more. But <laughs> what did you think, Daddy? I I I love this match. It was so good. I loved the promos. You can always count on Janine for a great entrance. Um, even though we have this weird season that we that we're in, but it's it's still great to see her come out and cosplay and do all of that. I I still believe that that's uh underappreciated form of the league. It, entrances are people put a lot of time and effort into their entrances, and it's kind of a shame that we don't get them this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though it would we've seen people come out in characters and and have really fun stuff like what Bibiani was doing with his French angles and, and <laughs> all of that stuff. So um I was just glad that Janine came out uh in in cosplay and I loved the the bigger hammer thing but I also very much loved whenever Warfather was like it's not how big your hammer is it's how you use it (laughs) (laughs) oh uh, but yeah, I did love it very much. So let's uh, throw the stats there up on the screen, see how they went down. Thank you again, Megs, as always, be our stats keeper, our official C2A stats keeper. You see them around on the socials and on the Twitter. Uh, we love having them on the team as well. Uh, round one, it was a little bit, they both kind of, I wouldn't say stumbled, but 6 5. It wasn't uh, no perfect rounds there, but they seemed a little bit like almost maybe rusty. I felt like Jeannie felt maybe a little bit rusty. Um, but they, at the end of the day, only one point down. They made it for a first uh, great round there at the end of the round. Uh, we get to round two, and Machine deferred to Warfather, which we know is going to happen. Warfather spun away from Action Adventure which is something I was a little surprised at. Were you guys surprised at that at all? Yeah, maybe a little bit. I, I'm actually, I'm not the best at remembering what competitor strengths are unless I thoroughly follow them in other mediums. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure, but action adventure always seems like that's some kind of genre. I mean, a slice that ever everybody likes action movies of some kind. Like, so I feel like it's usually kind of like a quote unquote safe bet sometimes mm-hmm. to pick, but it didn't super surprise me he spun away. It doesn't, I didn't feel like something that I would think was in his, you know, choice of wheelhouse, if that makes sense, especially since IG is kind of his, you know, was where he started mm-hmm. and things like that. Just so I wasn't super surprised. Yeah, I think, I think um, action adventure can also kind of be one of those categories that can really kind of sneak up on you because mm-hmm. where, where, what falls under adventure versus action. And if you think of, action movies and you're studying for like Jason Bourne's um, Speeds. I don't know why that movie was the first one that came to my mind when I thought of action movies. Um, <laughs> and then you go into the adventure side of it and then you got to think of stuff like Pan. Like is Pan considered an adventure movie and it, does that fall into that category? So those are those types of movies that you have to think of whenever you think of that category. So I thought that it was smart for for him to spin away from that category. I really did. Um, I don't necessarily think it's d- depending, and like what Kelsey said, just to kind of uh, tack on to what Kelsey said and not really knowing um, what a player's strengths and weaknesses are, uh, especially with um, with Warfather not having as many as many um, matches. Matches, thank you so much. I can't think of words. 
as usual. And, and we know Janine. We've seen Janine as a player. We know her strengths. We know where she where she's strong mm-hmm. at. So we feel confident whenever we see her spin somebody in the wheel. But with it, with Eric, keep wanting to say his real name. But with Warfather, like we keep, um, we know we don't necessarily know where his weaknesses are. So or where his strengths are. So mm-hmm. I thought it was smart for him to do that. Um, and I'm glad that he did that. But it's just kind of a bummer with how it ended up. Yeah, I mean, because he spent ends up spending opponent's choice, and they give him, and uh, she gives him Spike Lee, um, which is interesting. I was wondering to see if Spike Lee was something that Janine put on, and for that reason, to give him Spike Lee, maybe she thought he wouldn't do well in it. Um, but some steals. I didn't know get some steals. I, I think that would be an interesting strategy. Um, but I do think that it's you know, it's great to see. We definitely need more black filmmakers on the on the wheel, and so it's good to see that representation going. I myself am going through a Spike Lee watch along. Still, I've been doing that for a little while, but uh, uh, so I found the questions easy, but only because I've been kind of quote unquote studying for them, really studying, just watching them. But so <laughs> uh, but they're great questions to have. I I have some feelings about um, Spike Lee being the choice and positive feelings about it, but okay. um, there I've. All of us have been fans of the Schmodown for a long time. There are right. so plenty of times, and I love it when this happens, when I see something happen inside of a match that makes me bing, like like an aha moment inside of my head. I was like, oh, shit, like, is that a strategy? And, and times where moments come in and stuff like that. So I've, I know that players are allowed to pick, I think, two choices for the wheel, and I've never thought about it as – you pick one category. Maybe this is what Janine did because maybe she did put Spike Lee on, on the wheel. Maybe that was her category. But as as what I know of Janine as a Schmodown player, Spike Lee wouldn't be the first thing that would come to mind when I think of her strengths. Mm. Like in the rom-com categories and, and stuff like that. So rom-coms are always the first where I first go with Janine and where her like ultimate strengths are, even though I have no doubt in her as a player overall. But when she chose Spike Lee for that, I thought that that's a great strategy to use. Maybe give, uh, whenever your opponent gets opponent choice, give them your second best one and not your best one. Right. That way, you still have that opportunity for the wheel. And I'm sure that other people have have come to the strategy. Maybe that is a strategy that people use in the Schmodown. But it, that was the moment that that happened inside of my head when she gave him spike lee i was like oh <laughs> shit girl that's a good move right there so i thought that that was great and and it obviously worked very well in her favor and and i just thought that that was a wonderful move strategically mm-hmm. if that, like if that was just chef's kiss and that's why that's why it bugs me whenever I hear people talk about Janine being an overrated player or Janine not being a player of certain circumstance because she knows the game, she knows strategy, and she knows so she good. knows the trivia. Like so, this that's why I felt like this match was more important than just a typical match because we really needed people to see what Janine can bring, what we all knew Janine could bring to the table. So right. Absolutely, we did. Um, so, but yeah, I was—I loved the Spike Lee choice. I thought it was great, but it definitely showed that our father wasn't quite prepared in that. He was, I mean, so much so, and I don't want to—I don't want to slam anybody, for example. But like, they asked about the 2018 Oscar thing, and like, he pulled out a movie from 2013 that was probably his least successful, Lisa liked film of like almost all time. So it's like not even close to the era. So it obviously showed that he doesn't have 
very much of a grasp on Spike Lee at all. Um, and up being the answer to the question at the end, he didn't know that was it. I, I, might even, like, I wonder if that's like, the only Spike Lee movie he's seen or something potentially. Um, and I don't know that. That's not, not, I'm not chiding him for whatever, but definitely seemed that like he wasn't comfortable with that category. Uh, and it worked out in their favor, but that's what opponent's choice does sometimes. So right away, uh, I think that, to be honest, as soon as you saw that, I think it was almost over. You almost knew it was over at that point because Janine is a strong player. Um, and you give somebody a strong player, then he gives the other person opponent's choice. That's what happens at that point. Uh, let's see anything else. Janine spun Audrey Hepburn and killed it. Crushed it. Crushed Audrey Hepburn. Just took that category and just carved a cute little gravestone for it and just put it right into the ground. I, so she proud. did such a great job in that category, man. Uh, it, it, I... I I, I that must have I'm thinking that's up to strength. That's all I gotta say about that at this point, right? <laughs> no, no, that's just right. Uh good for her. Good for her though. Uh, of course, I'll go back on there. Third round. I mean, have any of the questions we had that directors and it was a TKO. And so good good for Jane. I feel like she's needed this for a long time. They had the uh she's had that long run. She hasn't won she even said I feel like I haven't won in forever. Um but she's always stood up for the game. She always takes her lumps. She loses. She stands tall. She takes that day or two to come back, and then she to kind of chill out. And she comes back, and she always faces her criticisms. Um, and then she gets on and gets on the horse again. Is all happy to come back on, play for us all, and did a great match. So she deserves to get that kind of win at this point because she knows she puts in the work. Um, I couldn't be happier for her. Um, this is one of those wins that you want to see in studio. It's unfortunate that we have to deal with everything that we're dealing with now, but like I would have it I would have just been crying like bawling tears if I would have been able to see the joy that would have been throughout that studio because mm -hmm. every Janine is a very well-loved player inside of this league. Um by the by the competitors and by the fans as well. So I yeah. think that, that moment would have would have been such a such a, a a nice positive moment even though it's a, it's still a game and someone still has to lose but overall i think that positivity from seeing everyone just be elated for janine inside of inside of the studio i think would have been really really fun to see so this is one of those wins that that i wish i would have been able to see in studio yeah. but still that i'm completely grateful for because she deserves it yeah, I mean, just go further, you know how popular she is with the Spodown people in general, with the Spodown community. Everyone always has great things to say about her. And you know, she's been loved by the fans, so I agree entirely. Seeing that emotion, seeing that all uh, be able to celebrate together, would have been wonderful to see. Unfortunately, seeing it win at home is great. Yeah. But we want more, as always. Yeah. We're greedy. Um, we want we we want it all. So yeah. congratulations to you, Janine, once again, as always. Original OG Action Army, right, Jake? Um, and... <laughs> Actually, well, okay, I just want to make a comment. I have actually not said public, but like, Jake, you made her an Action Army First Lady shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and we wore them together in New York. <laughs> I'll never I was thinking about that when I put one on. I'm like, wait, Janine owns one of these. Where were... Sorry, Jake. Just... <laughs> I'll never let you put her down. I love the boy. I love him so much. I got to poke him a little bit when it comes to that. Uh, if he didn't, I think you'd think something's wrong with me. At that point, like I was feeling under the weather or something. Uh, <laughs> but all right, well, we got past. <laughs> <laughs> I... 
Uh, anyway, you know, that, let's uh, move on. We have some other things to talk about. Uh, about an hour and a half in, try to speed through some things here. Uh, end of round one. We had the round one ending uh, this week. We're getting round two starting next week. And let's throw that. I'm gonna actually going to share this stat screen because we tried putting it on, and it's so big that it didn't come out clearly. So hopefully this will help a little bit better for you guys. Uh, these are Meg's stats that she did. I'm going to zoom in a second since I get to where that screen is. Um, yeah. Excuse me. There you go. This is the 2020 singles tournament round one winners. This is all that happened. See, Collins, like this is round one right now. Round two, steal, sub, round three, total accuracy. Collins Onayama had 100%. Bibiani mm -hmm. and Meyer, 93.8%, both of them. That's kind of impressive since they're both teammates. Huh? Harris right behind everybody. This is all your winners. Riley at the bottom with a 64.3%, but he's still. One and that is exactly what he was talking about before. He was not happy with his win, he was not happy with his performance, uh, and that's why. So, only got 64.3%. He just happened to have a point that was a little bit weaker at that point. Um, does anything pop off at you, Danny, in terms of these stats and this round and this uh, this part of the bracket? Or, Danny, mute, oh, you're muted. I'm muted. All right, all right, all right. Um, just those. <laughs> Just those two 100% ones over there. Yeah. <laughs> and who has them? And it's it's just really interesting. So uh, kind of to touch on what Jen was talking about earlier and how people being in their elements now and people uh, not being in their elements and looking at that Collins being at the top and knowing who he went against um, and knowing uh, Adam Collins' background and John Roca's background and this new season that we're having to go through, could that potentially have been what it was? I definitely don't want to discredit Adam Collins for that. I can't wait to ask him that question. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to discredit Adam Collins because he's definitely knowledgeable. Like, you cannot deny that. But, like, 100%. how much of being at home put that into play is, yeah. is a curious inquiry for me but uh, uh, overall i think with that whole list that's there it's interesting to see who's going who's going into round two yeah so. 100 um i'll also throw out there a real quick one thing that pops out at me is uh one of the highest ranked or rated players in the fandom is tom and tom is actually in the lower portion of this list 78.6%. Now, that doesn't mean much necessarily. 78.6%, less than Brandon Hanna's 80%, but it's still got in the win, too. So, but I'm interested to see how that is when he starts facing some of the real top notch players in the league, gets into the, like if he gets to the final four, facing up against somebody else who is like a Viviani or something, whether that will be enough in singles. I still do. I still feel like he's not tested enough uh, in order to really declare him like some people have declared him. Um, but another I thing I will, say, I will also say, and yes, that's another big point, too. Only person left in the drafting the den. He's the only den person left at this point. So the den is pretty much, unfortunately, I don't want to say screwed, but like they have a lot of they have, they're losing ground at this point. Um, I also did want to say I mentioned this on uh, one of our shows. I think maybe, no, maybe it was the breakdown, probably the breakdown. Actually, yeah, it was a breakdown. Collins has never been tested yet either. Not only is he in his own environment, he's never had any adversity. He's TKO two people now, um, so he's never had to face a, a third round questions. So, I mean, at this point, like, what, he, what is he going to do if he falls behind? Um, does he have that kind of adversity, that kind of cojones to be able to 
bring back and uh, and come back for victory to face adversity and face it. I, I think that's another interesting task we're going to have to see because he faces somebody like Viviani or somebody or an Irwin or something like that. Uh, that's going to be a interesting thing to see if he can handle. Right now, it's kind of, I don't want to say he's easy because he faced Roca, uh, um, but when you aren't ever really in danger of losing, then it becomes easy to have that even keel that he did. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let's see what else we got here. This must be uh, two pointers and the accuracy, multiple choices. A lot more actually good. Too. Collins is great there. Oyama, Irwin. Look at all oh, these 100%. This is where the winners are. Look at all of almost all of our 100%. That's how big it is. Tom is 75%. Uh, Paramount and Jacob, 67 and 50. Uh, that's where even Riley had 100% at that point, too, too, and then the 50% with the seals, multiple choice. Um, so it's interesting to see how that's going to be going. Um, it's really interesting. Yeah, so total competitors. Uh, also, Megs has put these up on uh, on social media as well, so if you want to take a look at these stats and you know, ask her more about it, she's always usually happy to ask, answer any questions on them. Uh, very cool at that point. Uh, why is Oyama ranked, ranked two? Uh, I, I don't. I wish she was on to tell you exactly what her methodology was, but maybe it just happened to be that it's just where those rankings alphabetical? were. Alphabetical, or maybe because he had a TKO. Oh, his TKO probably. Yeah, TKO and Oyama didn't have a TKO. I mean, that's all it is. I would assume that's probably why. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So, yeah, got to accuracy. For, I think it's like accuracy first, and then TKO next at that point. So, uh, I'll stop this. And go back to us now. Where are we on that? Uh, so yeah, that's where we are at that point. Uh, we should just get right into our speculation of round two because that's on brand right now. Round two is up and ready to go. Uh, we got Adam Collins versus Lon Harris, Brendan Meyer versus Mark Andreco, Chance Ellison versus Liz Shannon Miller, The Barbarian versus Bibiani, Ethan Irwin versus Eric Zipper, Jada Parama versus Tom, Perry Nimrod versus Mark Riley, and Jeff Snyder versus Polyama. Let's go right in order. Go back. Adam Collins versus Lon Harris. Now, I'll start and say that this has actually become a very uh, match I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, I want to see Adam Collins test a little more. Uh, I think Lon Harris is a solid, solid player. Uh, he's never been on the upper echelon, uh, he seems like, but he seems like he's, first of all, he's a great performer. We know that he's been delinquent. Probably my one of my favorite characters this year, if not the favorite. Um, but I'm interested to see, uh, I mentioned this before too, I think. I'm interested to see if this kind of character uh, fucks with Adam Collins. I mean, the intimidation thing from John Roca doesn't didn't work. Adam Collins was nonplussed. He was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, even though I said that, it was at the end that when you saw him win, he had to let, like he had intimidated, just didn't let it out. But I'm interested to see if uh, <clears throat> the more funny side, the more quick, does it yeah. does it distract him? Does it get him off his off the rhythm or whatever? I'm interested to see how that works. Um, my prediction. It's hard not to predict Collins considering until he shows weaknesses, it's hard to, to vote to root against him. It's hard to root against him. So how do you what do you guys think about this match? I am super excited for this match for reasons you said. I I love Lon. His character is one of my top favorite compared to characters of Shwan on History. He, the delinquent is fantastic. I want to see how Collins does with that. I think like because I know if, if I was a Smodown competitor, I feel like people being like snappy at me and stuff like that. I'd be like, okay, whatever, they're gonna do this. So I'm making me laugh. I'm gonna be like, oh great, wait, what were we doing? Like it's like distracting in a different way. You know what I mean? 
So I want to see how he can handle that kind of destruction with someone being, you know, cooking blue meth behind him and things in the background because that's just what Lon is and it's great. I I do predict Collins winning because, I mean, 100% accuracy, just that cool collected, just no nonsense answering questions is very scary and intimidating right now. I feel like if anyone could beat that, it could be Lon, but I, I just, I feel Collins is going to pull the win. Okay. Danny, what's your, what's your thoughts? So talk about going from one type of player to the opposite end of uh, a type of player for Adam Collins, um, not only for just his play in match, but also going into mm-hmm. um, Rooka and Lon. So mm-hmm. the mat- John Rooka was definitely a different player, in my opinion, going into uh, his match against Adam Collins. Um, he seemed very cool, calm, and collected in a way that um, – now, I don't want to say that it backfired on him because I feel like his character is always kind of more stern and out there and the outlaw that we know. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't feel like we saw a lot of the outlaw in this match. I feel like we saw more of John Roca inside of this match. So that's that's my opinion about uh, about that on, on that end. But with Adam or with I'm sorry with Adam playing Lon, I think it'll be interesting because again I can't I just can't help but keep inside of my brain right now um being being used to gameplay in this type of format because i know i know that with as much as we do and this definitely is not the same thing as playing trivia online but i know for certain things that we do on screen there are definitely things that i've done and and um in my brain to help accustom to being on camera, on the internet, talking to people. So I know that if I need to move something, there there are certain things that I can do to make sure that I'm focused into doing what I'm doing. So maybe Adam Collins has already discovered a way to keep that focus. Like maybe he doesn't have to get distracted with things that Lon Harris is doing because he already knows how to avoid those distractions uh, from that because he's so used to playing online. So that's those are things that are interesting for me uh, that I'm gonna be looking into whenever he's gonna be playing Lon. I think Lon's a great player. If I'm gonna like put just also because we're so used to tier ranking right now, the three of us. If, <laughs> like when you said that, that that you didn't, at least that's what I heard. Correct me if I'm wrong, but what I heard from you, Paul, it sounded like you said that that Lon was not in the upper echelons of knowledgeable players. And I think, and in my opinion, I feel like he sort of is like, if I'm going to rank him anywhere at the very lowest, in my opinion, that Lon Harris could ever be is going to be. And I'm even changing my mind now to make it lower, just to make it sound better, but like a mid B, like, I don't think Lon Harris is anything lower than that. I don't, let me, I will interject just to, to uh, clarify. I don't think he, I mean, he's a bad player at all. I don't think he's not. I no, just not don't think he's, like, he's not, he's not in like the Dan Merle, Ben Bateman, like that top level. Cause he has, he's had issues with sometimes with gameplay. So I'm remembering he's a very good player. I would call him a high B player is what I would call him a high B player. That's what I would say. As far as upper echelon, he's not quite at that level. Of, there's a level above him. I think he's That's not an S tier. Yeah, he's not an S tier. He's an A tier. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. So, um, so I think that it's still going to be a good challenge for Adam Collins. It's going to be a challenge for Adam Collins going into the rest of this tournament. I mean, I feel like he could have possibly faced his biggest one in John Roca because that's it. John Roca is a big 
player. Adam Collins knows this game. He's been a fan of the Schmodown, so he knows who he's going against when he's going against a player like John Roca. So, of course, you're going to go into something like that super tense. And as soon as that match is over, of course, you're going to feel that sense of relief. Do I think that Adam Collins might be feeling the exact same pressure going into a match with Lon Harris? I don't. I don't. Um, but that's just because John Roca is is that. John Roca's on the fucking Mount Rushmore Schmodown players. Lon Harris is a great player, but he's not on the Schmodown. He's not on Mount Rushmore for the Schmodown. Um, so I don't, but I don't think that Adam Collins is going to take anything lightly at all. Um, I, if I had to pick, um, this is, this is a tough one for me to pick. And again, I think it's just because of what, what I've seen, how much I've seen from these players. I'm going to have to go with Lon on this one. And I would, I'd, and I'd be fine if I was, if I get this wrong, but I am, I might have to go with Lon on this one. I am going to sit down and pick Adam Collins at this point. I think I am going to pick him. I didn't say anything on my first round through. I wouldn't be surprised if Lon wins, no doubt. I, this is not a shocking thing to me. I just think Adam's kind of, he's got, kind of got the momentum. I think Lon will miss something at some point, and uh, Adam will seize the opportunity. I do want to just point this out to Morgan. Yes. No, he doesn't. Lon doesn't. I'm not saying that Lon is like an Andrew guy where he actually jabs at the player, but even his jabs at the audience can be distracting. Can be distracting. It's like if you're in a groove and he, Lon starts shooting stuff and all of a sudden everybody's laughing that can kind of get in your head maybe just like get you just just a little bit off that's what that's all i mean about the distractions that way there are players that get upset about the banter that christian and Mark give each other yeah <laughs> i hope your b plus player Mark pushes him to greatness like it did with daniel and brian maybe you know what i would love to see lon harris on top of the world i would love to see lon harris as a champion because that would be imagine, great. imagine no. the delinquent with the belt like i, I can oh, i would I love, love that song stories like about how you tried to pawn it off. <laughs> I was I think that would be great. I just, I don't, I'm not trying to say I'm not disrespecting him at all. I have no disrespect for him. Uh, but you're right. He's just not in the Ed Harris tier. I, that's exactly right, Weston. Very true. Luckily for him. <laughs> Nobody wants in that tier, Paul. Don't encourage Everyone him, please. I do not want in that tier, Paul. <laughs> uh, you, know, you are just wrong, and that's okay. You also think Jared Leto's Joker is the best, and so that's. I do not think it's the best. Uh, I just Jared. don't give the crap other people do. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Brendan Meyer versus Mark and Draco. This is another one that's a great match. It's a great match. Great match we're seeing in round two. Um, I, it's another one I have a hard time really. Uh, Picking a choice, I do think that Andreco has great knowledge. He seems to be uh, in a place where he's motivated to to do well in the singles tournament to get some points for Roxy's faction, to the Rock Stars. Um, but Brandon Meyer has been playing a lot more. I think Brandon Meyer is more uh, finely tuned at this time. I've been saying he's been showing up quite a bit. The Shazam match, uh, Brandon Meyer. I'm not saying he carried Bibiani. He didn't carry Bibiani, but he was very, very, very instrumental in those wins. Um, mm -hmm. I think I have to pick Brendan Meyer, but I think it's going to be a barn burner. I think it could be a, a sudden death situation. Also, going to come down to the five because Andrea is damn knowledgeable. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give a slight edge to, to Brendan Meyer here. Interesting. Um, I think that I think that they're both great competitors. I'm going with Mark Andreco. That's my pick on this one. Nothing okay. against the kid. I think the kid. I think the kid is great, and and it's. I feel like this match is just going to be a match, like who who can um, backhand compliment the other the most is what right. the match is going to be. 
Nice. Uh, yeah, going into this, I feel like they are pretty evenly comparable competitors. Just like when you look at things, I it could go either way. They're both very fantastic in singles and teams. I do give Brendan a little bit of the edge. I just feel like more recently he's, you know, he's with that whole Shazam match thing like that, he's on all time high. I don't know if Indraco, hopefully, I hope not, doesn't know what's going on with other things like that. But like that kind of stuff could be an annoying distraction. And I really hope it's not. But you know what I mean? Just, I just feel like it is set up in a way that might be easier for Brendan to take the win this game, if that makes sense. Just, yeah. he just recently had that great match. Uh, he's in Canada. So, you know, he doesn't have to deal with America, which is always a, you know, a bonus. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, it, it's interesting to see. I don't know. This is again, I keep going to come. <laughs> so clever, like Kelsey said, and read her lips and tongue when she says things. I don't know what that means. What, I was what talking to my daughter. She says her eye itches. So <laughs> that was very important that I talked about it. So. <laughs> Love it. All right. Uh, anyway, moving on. <laughs> Chance Ellison versus Liz Shannon Miller. Now, this is. Another big moment, I think, in the in the. I'm, I'm saying every match is big, but they all are big at this point. Round two is kind of you cut out the chaff. You got the best players in the league at this point. Round two, uh, baby. You think that Chance is the golden boy right now? Chance has mm -hmm. made his way through. He, he went through the IG tournament. He's basically he's really being the number. He's become the one A player on Corruption. Mike even admitted that during the Founding Fathers Corruption match, where he said he was the least knowledgeable of the players there. Um, Chance get to prove himself in the single tournament. He gets out over that round one. Uh, Jinx said he had been before, um, but he's going up against somebody who is surprisingly, uh, I don't know, surprisingly good because she's been hyped up. She was hyped up before by Christian and Ethan Irwin before she before the, the season even began as someone who was as knowledgeable as Ethan Irwin and had, could beat Ethan Irwin. If you can say that about somebody like Ethan Irwin, then you're no joke. Um, and she's kind of pretty, last year she had some stumbles, but she never never seemed like she was not belonging. And then she had a, a serious victory against Rachel Silvestrini. It was like, a, a, it was a solid, solid showing. I I wouldn't be surprised at an upset, but I'm not sure which way to lean on this one yet either. Kelsey, what do you think about that one? Uh, this this one is hard for me because I know how kind of a competitor she is. She is fantastic. She is just, gets, I feel like gets even better and better and stronger with her gameplay and everything every time she plays. But Chance Ellison is a, you know, what he did in IG, what he's done in teams, it's it's hard to not think he's gonna pull the win. Yeah. It's it's hard for me to like go either way. I I think he's got it. Yeah. Okay. Danny, I do um, I love Liz. I think that uh, she's a great competitor. Um, we've seen her do well. I think it was just unfortunate the people that she went against last year. Not necessarily the gameplay too much. Oliama um, and Ben Bateman and during exactly. their epic runs for the title at that point. Exactly. So, so that's uh, it was more so against who she was going against and not that she was not a, not the best player. And I know that that's not what you're saying, Paul, but just that's also something to take into consideration with it. So I think that she's definitely proven that she can compete with the better players of it and that she can really play through the game, regardless if she hasn't been there too, too long. Um, you can still tell when she's playing the game that she knows and she understands the game. She's a great manager behind her back. Winston is absolutely there for his players to make sure that anyone who hasn't played the game, that's what I felt like the most It with the interactions between Liz and Winston was even though she hadn't been there very long or hadn't been there in quite some time, Winston was still there for support to make sure that she was going 
going through it, uh, um, making sure that she was going through the game the way that she needed to go through it. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Chance is on a hot streak right now, and I think mm-hmm. it's very, very hard to to kind of deny that. If Liz gets this, it's going to be a big upset because I think Chance is the like the fact that there's an there's a chance for like Chance. Am I no? I, there there can't be because he's not going into the team tournaments. I think, but but before that, we were all kind of in agreement that there's a there's a possibility for Chancy three belts coming in coming in for this season. So mm-hmm. I think that there's still um, I think Chance wants that. And as much as we, I know that we've all seen Chance study outside of the league. Yeah. And it's insane to see him put into that. So I think if, uh, if Liz does take it, it's going to be a huge upset. And, but I would not be surprised if, if chance does win, mm-hmm. I really wouldn't. So I'm, I feel I'm going to go with chance on it just because I think chance is just on a roll right now that he's just, mm-hmm. he's just on it. So but still oh, swag, swag, drip, drip. That's very hard for me to say. So I'm sorry. You know, it's something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm going back and forth. I'm going back and forth. I'm going back and forth. I think every tournament has an upset. Uh, every round seems to have a big upset. Um, I don't I think, necessarily think that would be. I think looking at the round two tournament, though, I don't think that would be the biggest upset. Whenever you pull it back up, then I can tell you like what I think round two. I don't think that that would be the biggest upset of round two. No, no, it wouldn't be. I don't think it would be. But I do think I think the chance is definitely favored at this point. Um, I just have a feeling. I just have a feeling that Liz might just take this. Um, I don't know why. I think that she is just on a she's starting a good run by that that convincing performance she had against Rachel Silva's training. Um, and the fact that Chance has been working so hard in IG and teams, I, I almost think there's like a perfect storm happening that she's Liz might just take it from him. Yeah, I think it's gonna go to the end. Either way, like I said, it's gonna it's gonna end up being a five pointer. It's not gonna be any kind of TKO. It's not gonna be anything else. I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Liz. Uh, so that's my choice. I'm that if Chance wins, I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked at all. But uh, I'm, I'm gonna go Liz. I think. But there we go. Then again, Danny, we, we've been opposite in every single one so far. So I have to maintain that as well, right? So. Because yeah. I have integrity, Paul. <laughs> wow. wow, that is wow. Every single one. Okay. All right. Keep that in mind. Uh, let's see. Danielle dropping the mic. <laughs> versus William the Beast Bibiani. Uh, the way, oh, that's true, actually. Can't believe we're that's that might be the first time Alex and I have ever agreed on something. That's actually Guys, very true. 2020 just got 10 times worse. That's why it's store some food. Like, you know, get your sandbags ready for flooding. Look, if, any loved ever, ones. if anyone ever studied Nostradamus, there's a little <sighs> line inside of a Nostradamus prophecy that's like, if the P to the L to the D uh, agrees in alliance with the A to the S, then oh, oh, I don't know. Wow. <laughs> I almost think I almost want to rethink, almost rethink my answer almost, but <laughs> I'll stick with Liz and I'll stick with Liz for the time being. <laughs> Uh, let, uh <laughs> it's true, that's true. Run yes, to the hill. Uh, going back on, we got Bibbs versus the Barbarian, and this, as much I keep saying every match, but this is probably, I think, the one I'm absolutely looking forward to the most. Excited. If there's one match, this is the most because this has been a long time coming. You have Bibiani who is on a tear, uh, he wants that belt, he's been running with uh, with Shazam, uh, he's been. St- 
biting at the chop to play. Uh, and yet here we are, Barbarian, who's a potential rookie of the year. Uh, he's been doing a lot as well. He's played the IG tournament, did well uh, on three weeks' notice, and he did well in the IG tournament, didn't win it, lost, lost to the eventual winner. Um, and then he's also, when he's 2 0 so far this year as well, just like Adam Collins is. Uh, he's definitely shown great knowledge that people inside the league have been coming to him for advice. Even Ben Bateman was going to him for, for studying habits and stuff. If Ben Bateman's asking you to help study with him, you're pretty fucking good. You're pretty fucking good. So I love to see this match. I, um, I wonder if it's it's uh, going to be Barbarian's time yet uh, or is it going to be Bibb's time? Uh, I go back and forth on this one in my head every single day on this one. I, I'm not going to answer it yet. I kind of think about it a little further. What do you got, Danny? Well, start with you, Danny. What do you think about this one? Because I got to choose whatever one you don't choose. So, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> you I'll go preparing and like what I think. <laughs> that, that's it. I'm okay. Yeah. Sometimes you don't have to choose. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> If you don't choose a winner oh, and you're just choose. there for the entertainment value of the match, if you don't choose, you know, regardless of the outcome, because you know, regardless of the outcome, you're going to enjoy the show that both of these players are going to bring. You know that both of these players are completely knowledgeable in movie trivia and will do well in the trivia part of the competition. But will all? But both of these players are so entertaining in a way that, like. This is just a match that I want to watch. Like I, I have, I don't want to put any stakes into this match. I, I don't want to, to, I, I don't necessarily have big stakes into the match because the exchange is not a faction that I care the most for. And I, as much as I love the Mercs, I, I love that faction. I love Koi. I love Bibs. They're still at least maybe like fourth on like my tier of factions. So. I don't have a lot of super high stakes in this where with like the Liz and the chance match, I'm more on swag than I am with corruption. But with these two factions, I don't really like whoever wins, whoever wins. I'd much rather have them works win than the exchange. But um, that's, but I love Craig and that's the thing about it. So this is just one of those matches that I just want to watch. I don't care who wins. I'm going to be happy with whoever wins either way because I think William Bibiani deserves a, a good solid run in a tournament to get a belt back, to get that belt back, the singles belt, because he definitely deserves it. I think that he does, but I would love to see Craig crush his rookie year. He absolutely, absolutely, as a person and in everything just deserves all of the good things. And I would love to see Craig just completely go far, but the barbarian and, and the beast William Bibiani is just going to be the most fun match of this season. I think that that's going to be the funnest match of this, of this round. So that's my take on it. I'm picking no one. That's a cheap cop out right there. That's a cheap <laughs> cop out. I'm not going to accept that. That's awful. Uh. <laughs> You disappoint me, Danny. You disappoint me. Disappoint. Well, because Dis you can't pick anybody, Paul, because you picked the opposite. So I guess you got to pick both of them. I got to pick both of them to win. They're both going to win. They're going to go on for the rest <laughs> of the tournament. They're both winning all. All right, Kelsey, who do you got? Uh, I'm super excited for this match. I think their character working against each other is going to be super entertaining. I just picture the barbarian doing his thing, and then Bibbs just be like, oh, okay, oh, cool. And it's going to be fantastic. I could totally see this going into sudden death over time because they are both so scary, strong competitors. I do think Bibbs is just ha is on fire right now. I feel like 
especially he just there's he has his heat behind him right now with his gameplay. I mean, he's as like we talked about on like our Twitter things like that. Like he was never gone. He's always been there, but he's on extra fire right now, in my opinion. So I I feel like it's gonna be very close, but I do have Bibbs pulling it. Neither of you were helping me. Now you're helping me. <laughs> it's not my job to help you, Paul. <laughs> God damn it. Um Danny has a future in politics. That's true. That's his point. That's what the that's what I get out of this. The yellow mirror is twenty twenty eight, maybe? That sounds good. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, I do I do agree with Danny to a point. I think that it is gonna be such a very entertaining match for exactly all the reasons she laid out. I do think this is one that's definitely gonna be down to the end. I really actually hope this goes to that this has potential to be a match of the year type candidate. Um, that'd be tough to beat Merle Bateman again, of course, but I think that this has that potential. Um, I do think Bibiani will slide by. I think this is Bibiani's tournament uh, to lose at this point. I really do. I'm actually considering, I'm thinking it gonna be, might be a Bibiani uh, Irwin final, possibly, if it if all goes away. I think it might go. I'm not going to solidly say that until I go well, go uh, last week. <laughs> okay, Malcolm. They were not helpful with me. That's all I got to say. They weren't helpful with me. You're talking about this thing we did on Class Action last night, ranking the franchises. They tried to put Twilight way too high. I took care of business and made it sure it was down at least to an E. But that's another show. Go watch Class Action there on that for that for that Justice debacle. For Twilight. Almost yeah, debacle. Is, don't, don't take this out of context, anyone else. But Paul obviously hates teenage girls. <laughs> <laughs> He that's doesn't understand. <laughs> no, don't move it out because then it'll be taken out of context. That's so, true. That's true. Paul's a straight person, but Paul hates teenage girls and their feelings. I do hate sparkly vampires. It's true. Um, <laughs> either way, either way, back into it. I think that Bibbs has a slight advantage uh, just because of his um, his experience, and I do think it's his his tournament to lose. So I'm going to have to pick Bibiani, but but any very. Very uh, slight edge. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on then uh, before I get anything else clipped out and canceled. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ethan Irwin versus Eric Zipper. Uh, this, to me, so far is the easiest thing to pick. Um, and that's no disrespect meant to our friend Eric Zipper. We love Eric Zipper on this podcast. He comes on all the time. He's always great to talk to, and he's always wonderful to hang out with us. Um, but Eric Zipper has improved quite a bit since his career began the showdown. He's actually ending up into that. Uh, I think he's definitely more in the upper tiers now he's into that. And we're talking about tiers again. Jesus, I can't get away from it. That's going to be our new jam. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do think he's there. He's not quite made it to the Ethan Irwin level yet. And I don't think that slights him because not many people are in that category. Um, so I have to say, I think Ethan Irwin wins this. Um, I don't, I think Zipper wins by not getting, Technically knocked out. If he can push Erwin to the five, I think this is a, that's a good win for him, um, to be honest with you. Because that's again, that's not saying anything. Because Ethan's so fucking good, so fucking good. He's one of the best players in the league for a reason. So I got Ethan hands down. What do you guys? What are you guys thoughts? I also do have Ethan pulling the wins. I feel like Zip is going to impress people with. I think he's going to be in it in the match longer than maybe some doubters might be expecting because he has drastically improved. He's studying. He's getting his game. He's he's doing fantastic, but. Ethan is one of the top players of Schmodown of all time. He is hard to beat. unless Pretty much unless he, almost all the questions somehow end up being animated questions, I think it's no doubt that Ethan's going to win. Yeah. 
I would say real quick that Eric Zipper wants to win. You study the fuck out of animated, and you hope you get that in the in the, in the wheel. And uh, yeah. I hope that gets you in your third round questions as well. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Daddy. <laughs> yeah, I think it just depends on where the questions fall. Um, Eric has definitely improved. I think Paul is completely correct in saying that this is an easy choice because I feel like that's what most people are going to go towards because Ethan Aaron. Ethan Irwin is Ethan Irwin. <laughs> but I mean, there's we've seen it happen plenty of times. We can't just continue to say that someone is going to win because we know that they are extreme top tier competitors. And I think that that's why I'm going with Eric Zipper on this one. Um, just because. Uh, I said Irwin. I'm sorry? I said Irwin. I'm going with Eric Zipper on this one just because I I do feel like he could possibly take this win as long as it as long as everything falls right. Like the stars really do need to align, but I'm I'm hoping to send all of my good vibes. I'm hoping that it's not recorded yet, and if it is, then let my future vibes go to those past. Send out the vibes and give give Zipper because. I want to see Eric do well in this tournament. I really do. Um, I think Ethan Irwin is a is a wonderful person. I think he's done great things for the Schmodown. But Eric Zipper is also one of those competitors that just unfortunately gets a lot of bad luck with where he's placed and, and who he gets placed against. So I think a lot of people call a lot of people had him out when he was going against Paul Preston, mm -hmm. uh, who was a darling in the league, and a lot of people uh wanted to had paul and it's very understandable for people to pick ethan because ethan has had the belt a couple of times so uh it's completely understandable but i'm gonna root for the underdog on this one and i'm gonna go with eric zipper all right all right i would i mean i like i love both betters this is what we're talking about before as far as factions and as far as loving different factions, et cetera, et cetera. It's hard because we love everybody. A lot of, a lot of players we love, so it's hard to root for one faction. I love I love Ethan Irwin quite a bit. I love him. I think he's one of the most fun players to watch. I can't wait to watch him with Andrew Guy in the team tournament. Um, that's going to be a great match. Um, but I do love Eric Zipper, too. So if Eric Zipper wins, I'm not unhappy about it because i love to see Eric Zipper be – I'd love to see Eric Zipper win the tournament. That would be awesome for uh, him. Um, that's just great. It's great. Um, but I just don't see it happening this week. We'll find out. We'll find out. All right. Let's uh, got a couple more left. A couple more matches left. Then we're going to end. So if you got any questions, start putting them in the chat or put them in the, in the stream labs, and we will uh, try to answer them as many as we can. Looks like we're going to run out of time to talk about teams. We'll have to do that next week. I'll have time for the teams tournament anyway, um, but we'll get there. The rest of the singles matches got Jader Paramo versus Tom. Uh, another good match. Uh, I'm going to say right away, I think Tom is definitely the favorite and probably favorite for a reason. But would you be surprised if Jader won this one? I have Jader winning it, actually. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I kind of feel like Tom isn't playing the way we have expected him to play in singles, per se. No. I, I do think maybe he is a stronger fit in teams, like just some players are. Him and uh, Video Drew and things like and uh, him and Paul's. I, I just I feel like looking earlier when we we're looking at the round one stats and things like that, I I just I feel like Jader's got a shot, and I think he's gonna pull it. So okay. that's I have winning. All right. So the, you have the den dying in round two. I have uh, the den dying in round two. Uh, all right. What about you, Danny? Where, where are you standing on this one? So um, 
I'm a big fan of Jader as a person. Jader and I bonded very much when he was on Chill to Action. Um, very much. Yeah, rest in peace, Renny Gale, power trip forever for sure. <laughs> so yeah, it's very hard for me to root against Jader, but I just feel like with where Tom is at in his play, I think I wanted – I don't know. This is also one of those things that I wish that I could back out on, but I'm going to, um, I'll find Paul. I'll make a choice. So I think I'm going to go with, uh, with, mm, I'm going to go with Tom just because, um, I want the den to continue on. I, I want Grace and Kate to, to do well in the league. I don't want to see them taken out so fast, but mm, I'm going to go with Tom on this one. Sorry, Dater. You're my boy. <laughs> Uh, Justin, you just real quick. I think Irwin's one of those competitors that thrives at home versus Labor City. Oh, that might be. That might be a good thing. I'm not sure. But Justin, let's see you in there. Uh, Can we just appreciate Justin's profile picture, though? Yeah, okay. we just appreciate that. Justin in general. Yeah. The guitar. I want that. I want him like. I want him like, just like following me around playing the guitar as like a soundtrack to my life. I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> I'd really do that. Uh, but anyway, uh, Tom versus Jader. I think that you guys have said it said it rightly. Um, both of you have great points. I do think Jader has made a, a good, good debut and he's definitely still improving. I do think Tom has more of an overall knowledge at this point. Um, so I, uh, I think I got a lean Tom. I lean Tom. So I guess Dan and I are agreeing on this one. I I'm agreeing with Danny cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. Uh, but Tom has just uh, the edge to me. I think he makes it towards the end. I think he loses to somebody more uh, higher, higher tier, more higher, uh, better established than Jader. Someone like Nathan Irwin, perhaps, or somebody like uh, Bibiani in the final kind of thing, potentially. Uh, I'm going to go with Tom. But yeah, but I, I, I agree with Jeremiah Morris. I want Jader to win, but I got to go with Tom. Um, I do want to see Tom more too. Though. I'd like to see Tom get more time. And he's got some funny, he's definitely got some quips and everything else. I'm interested to see him more. Um, as a singles singles competitor, because I like his character. Yeah, absolutely. I like his character. I and I I like we we need to make sure that we continue normalize character acting in the showdown, please. Yes. yes, that's what we need. Like we need people like Tom. We need people like Andrew Guy, like Video Jew, like Janine, like Come like on. like what Miss Movies was, like Lon, right. like like all of that stuff. We need those players inside of the showdown because there's a lot of love from OG fans for that type of uh environment inside the shimoto and especially if you're still gonna like run with like i know that the vernacular so far has been like sports like we're trying to make it a sport but like the origins of it were wrestling so if we're really kind of going towards that wrestling vibe in that attitude i want more personalities like that i want to see different things like i equate tom to like some like someone like the undertaker like those weird type of people inside of wrestling that I, even though i'm not familiar with wrestling i can still understand that there are characters inside of that gameplay and i love that about the showdown it's one of my favorite things about the showdown so that's why i want tom to continue on and that's why i wanted video Jude to continue on because i want to and that's why i want andrew guy to always be successful inside of this league because yeah so so we can continue to get those types of personalities in there and still have fun with it i like y'all trust me i get it like i was i was that big dummy in the facebook pages that was like i'm only here for the trivia fuck these storylines got kicked off for it also it happened <laughs> but the 
character the character gameplay inside of this league is so important and i think that that's why i really want tom to continue on and it's why i want lon to continue on all of that stuff just because we got to have that character work inside of it and that's going to be my danny rant for it i get it that's fine i, I like it um i i would actually wholeheartedly agree and say if you don't like the character work then you don't like the showdown because that's partially what it is showdown is partially part. partially a very important part of its mix otherwise it's bar trivia and I get the sports analogy. I know we're trying to make it more legitimate and more sports-wise, but you can't go too far in that direction or else you lose what makes it what it's it is. Special. Mm-hmm. There's the entertainment spectacle to it that makes it better. The watching bar trivia is not exactly the most exciting thing. It gets a little boring after a while because it's just like, okay, if either you're watching the trivia. Yeah, exactly. It's so. a lot. Wow. Um, that's true. So uh, I will throw out there, and we're not going to talk about. We have one more, uh, one more match to talk about. Think, we haven't, or, yeah, we haven't talked match. about two. Yeah, we got a couple more. We, two more. we aren't going to talk about the teams, but I did. Somebody in the chat did bring up something I wanted to highlight really quickly. Um, Canada rocks. Wanted to ask the question. We'll talk. We'll go into this more next week when we talk about teams. But speaking of Drews, anyone know what happened with the whole deep thirteen fake out? And I just pointed around the tournament. Obviously, they put in Hannah and Jader as a team, which is shocking to a lot of people. Um, I think there's two reasons why. There's two potential reasons why. Poor Jader. Yes. Poor Jader has to team up with that that imbecile. Uh, Jader. as he is, uh, but he does have great hair recently. Have you seen that? I gotta say, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, he's got that little barber. It's pretty nice. Uh, <laughs> Maybe a trader who doesn't fit hair. That's right. Um, I will just comment on that. Um, that there's two uh, there's two reasons that I could think this happened. Um, you can. I this is not a knowledge I know anything about, but either perhaps. So Deep 13 couldn't make it. Maybe they had some kind of scheduling issue for one of the two. Um, the second choice is maybe he was encouraged by Christian to have Hannah back on the tournament. Because so, Christian, as we all know, as we have to tell, Christian loves what Brandon Hannah was doing heel-wise, uh, heel, heat-wise and everything else. He likes having Brandon Hannah around. So maybe, I don't know, he would order something like that, but maybe he told Ken, like, you know, really cool, really good to have him in the tournament. And Ken's like, yeah, sure, why not? Because he could see it happening. Uh, giving them potential. I mean, Jader deserves a shot also as well. I think he'd be an interesting teammate. Um, but we'll have to see. have to see what, what comes of that. Those are my two potential reasons why that is happening instead of uh, Deep 13. But we'll go into that more uh, later on in the week. Let's finish this out now. We got, I don't know, because it was in the chat, but uh, Perry Nemiroff versus Mark Riley. This is another fun, fun match for me. I love Perry Nemiroff's comeback. I think that her beating Mike is one of the stories of the year uh, in round one. Um, and you have him facing a Mark Riley who has definitely been um, struggling. Uh, he's not quite the same player he used to be. He's a little bit consistent. He's been unhappy with his play. He had the big problem match against uh, with who's the boss. Uh, he was not happy with his performance against the video Drew, um, but he is a legend. People keep forgetting he's a legend, and I know it's been a long time since he's been that champion, he, but he was the first champion. Um, I still have to say I got to back Riley, Perry, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if Perry, because Perry shocked the world. But Perry, to me, got what she needed to win against Kalinowski. I think she'd need to get what she needs to win against Riley as well. I think it's going to be one of those situations where it's going to be in perfect storm because I think Riley's too well breadth to do so. Um, I mean, because I'm a Riley Shields, so I love Mark Riley also. I, mean, I, like, I love Perry, but Mark Riley is, is a friend of the show and a fan, fan of the show. So I love Mark Riley as well. So I'm going to have to go with Mark Riley. Uh, I hope he, because he's been 
so down lately. He's been, I mean, you saw him against who's the boss at the end, where he was like, he, he actually was like rare trying, and he was so upset at himself. I really want to see him get a big victory. Uh, if he can go a little bit further in the tournament, that'll be uh, it'll be fun to see that happen. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go Mark Riley and hope I'm going to will it to victory. No offense, Perry. No offense, me at all. I like I like it quite a lot, but it's Riley for me. Okay, okay I'm really going to get on people's nerves over the next like probably lifetime or a few weeks. Who knows how long it's going to last? But I just watched Smallville, <laughs> and Mark <laughs> Riley is the Superman of the Schmodown. He has some ups and downs in Smallville. He has the moments where he has some hard decisions to make. He has rough battles. He loses sometimes. But guess what? He comes back as Superman in the end. And honestly, that freak okay, that freaking shows me appreciate Mark Riley as a human being even more, just knowing that that's his favorite character of all time. You know what I mean? So like I am all in on Mark Riley. I love Mark Riley. You've got this just Maybe bring a little bit of red kryptonite to give you a little bit of an edge. And <laughs> a little red kryptonite. Uh, I think Riley and red kryptonite would be interesting. Uh, I don't know. That's quite what we need. But uh, okay. I'll go. Go Mark Riley. <laughs> um, I, I agree with what both of you all are saying. Um, again, I'm on Paul's side with this one because Mark Riley is a big friend of the show and he's always been so super sweet for everything and so super supportive. So it's very hard for me to not be like have the most like hard eyes whenever I, I think of Mark Riley. So, and that's nothing against Perry Nemiroff because I love Perry. I've been on this weird kick lately, y'all, where um, I'm just all of the the content that so part of part of my wellness journey my personal wellness journey is you you have to surround yourself with people that will always make you better right so that to be around better to make you better so what i've started doing is i the content that i'm taking in i take in schmodown content because it's it's i was just about to say it's part of my job but because i do it here for us and for all of that so i take in the schmodown content but all of the uh like all of the podcasts all of the uh youtube streams and all of the internet content that I've kind of been taking in recently has all just been nothing but women. So Roxy Stryer has been someone that I've been watching a lot. Um, Jen Serger, who we had earlier on the show, or, or is someone else who I've been wa- watching a lot, the Royal Girls, different stuff like that. So so like a lot of female-driven content is something that I've been really, really into. And Perry Nemiroff has always been someone who I've aspired and looked up to because she's the horror genre is is a weird place for a lot of women to be so being able to see her and Haley Fouch and other women inside of the horror genre just kind of thrive in there and allow their opinions to be respected has always been something that I've loved about Perry so um it's very hard for me to also go against Perry on this because I love her being a part of the showdown and I'm so glad that she's back and I want to see scary Perry all the time and I need to see more Dewey in my life please then thank you but again Mark Riley, I want just with Schmodown history and what's gone on inside of the Schmodown, I want to see Mark Riley go absolutely as far as he can go. I need to see Mark Riley go on another belt run. I need to see it. Absolutely. So I have Mark for this. All right. All right. Now there we go. We do have one more match to talk about real quick to speculate on. Jeff Snyder versus Paul Ayama. Part two. We saw that one in New York. Um, or did you guys, were you were both there for that one? Yeah, you were both there for that one. Right? Yes. I can't remember. Oh, the live events tend to blend together for me. Um, and it was the time where Paul Yama was a heel uh, and made Jeff Snyder a face, which I don't think has ever happened before in anybody in Jeff Snyder's lifetime. Um, it's very uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable. <laughs> <good. laughs> 
Um, I'm very interested in this match because I wonder if Paul's going to put Harry Potter back in the wheel again. He probably should if he can. Um, I don't know who's going to win this one. Poliyama seemed to, he definitely had a stride back last time. I mean, I've been pitching this for a while that Poliyama had struggled after Spectacular and never really quite found his footing, but he did last uh, last match. He, was, he did his thing against uh, Marisol pretty well. Um, so it will be interesting to see how Jeff responds to the back to uh, back to the top form Poliyama. Jeff Snyder also seems like he's fiery at this point. He seems like he wants to prove again. Him and Jigger haven't played that much. I think he wants it bad, and he had a great match against uh, Montano. I'm going primetime, though. I'm thinking primetime wins it again. I do. I don't know why. I, this is nothing more than my gut instinct, and I got a big gut, so uh, I'm going to go with it. Kelsey? Uh, okay, I... It's funny. If you would have asked me this years ago, I would have had my opinion. I hated the Lions Den. They irritated me. Jeff drove me insane, and I'm like, oh, can... he's now honestly one of my favorites. I love Jeff. I love his outfits. I love his him in the last match. Just was just so funny and so great. I, I love Paul though too. So this is like really really hard. I kind of feel like Jeff might pull the win this time though. I feel like he's learned some things since facing Paul last time. He probably knows he's probably gonna put Harry Potter in the wheel, and so he's gonna, you know. Just kind of account for that and things like that. So I feel like he has a better shot this time than he did in New York. And I mean, he's been belt holder multiple times. I mean, and Paul has two, so it could really go either way. But I, I have Jeff pulling it. All so right. There are, if I'm thinking about it at this very moment, there are probably two. I know that earlier I told myself three, but there are probably two people that I for sure, for sure will no matter what, 100% be on their side. It does not matter who they're playing against. Andrew Guy is one of those people. Absolutely. Any match that Andrew is going to be in, I'm going to be rooting for Andrew Guy. And Paulo Yama is one of those people. No matter who Paulo Yama goes against, I will always, always, always be in Paul's corner. So I have my sweet baby Paul for this. Um, I think that this is also going to be a fun match to watch because of both of the reasons that you all said because i think i think that this format gives jeff snyder a tiny bit of a leg up i understand that this is paul's format paul came in from the fan leagues paul's used to this you can't shake paul as a player in the fan leagues in the actual league and everything that he's done he just you can't deny it he's he had a bad shakeup with coming into the league Chalk it up to, to rookie mistakes. You know what I mean? He's already shown that he's improved himself. He's almost redeemed himself in that sort of way that he can grow as a person for the league inside of that. Whatever, whatever. None of that. It matters. But for this match, um, I think that Jeff has an advantage with it being online because I think that's going to help Jeff take the outer element away which i think will be helpful for him because i think that jeff is more of a mind games player um jeff snyder to kind of touch on what you're saying jeff snyder was actually someone who i adored in the league earlier it wasn't until i had to like i'm sorry jeff but like just hearing that you say that your phone call is the most important phone call that anyone should receive was just just kind of rubbed me in the wrong way and at a certain point so that's when i was gonna like oh, all right jeff. but i loved his character inside of the schmodown i really did i'm a heel girl uh, obvious apparently um so i think that that character work still works for jeff because that's still kind of jeff 
I think that's what mm -hmm. I've come to terms with that just that just is kind of Jeff Snyder in a way. So I think being able to do this and watching him play the way that he played against Robert, um, he might be able to take it, but I'm always going to be on Paul's side. So I got Paul. It's uh, Snyder being Snyder is what they call it. And uh, I am entertained by Snyder. I'm not going to lie. He definitely makes me laugh. Uh, Are you not entertained? Exactly. exactly. Uh, but with that being said, that will finish up. I just want to throw up one more thing we did have. That's coming up soon, guys. October 16th. Oh, now, my gosh. New title match is Amber's Corruption. I think that's going to be a barn burner. I can't wait to see it. Uh, I am hoping uh, that it goes down into sudden death. I had both, player, both teams have uh, great stories right now. Uh, what's your snap judgment? We won't go into too far. What's your snap judgment? So I've I can't at this moment. I'm sorry. I just can't think of a time where I've seen uh, Shannon interact with Koi, and I think that that's what I'm most excited for. Like I just want to see them two go back and forth with each other because I I want I want Shannon to be mean to Koi, and I want Koi to be extremely nice to Shannon. Like I want that sort of dynamic, like that super ice and fire sort of thing, just because I think it would be a lot of fun. Um, please, someone in the chat, let me know so. So I can go back and watch any any match that they were with each other. I just can't think of anything at this very moment. But like I I want them to to go at each other with like full force in the way that they go full force. Not like being ugly or rude with each other, but just oh, like yeah. the way that Shannon is the queen of corruption and the way that Koi is just like the oh my god, like Koi 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 and Shannon might be king and queen of promos. So from manager standpoint. Yeah, yeah, from a manager standpoint, like what Koi did and and as quippy as Koi has been recently with like after the the Kevin Smith match and what we've seen him do, like he's really smart with it and Shannon is just a bomb at it. So I think it would be really interesting to see them to go Mike versus Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. Also, yeah, you're right. I didn't I didn't I really didn't to be honest, I just didn't pay attention to the match the way that I should have, but um, if that might have been the only one, then that might have been the only one. So it's so imagine Shannon going up against Koi again after he knocked out her boy. So <laughs> that's pretty fun too. There you go. I haven't seen that one real, but uh yeah, I think that's it. What do you think, Kelsey? What's your snap judgment on it real quick? Snap judgment. It's so hard. I love both these teams so much. I love everybody involved in this match in every capacity, managers, players, everything. But I'm, I've been a corruption girl for a while. I love corruption. They, and I, I, I literally cried when they won the belts back. I was so happy for them. I, I would be sad if they lost them and we didn't defend them. I want them to defend really bad. So I'm, I'm pulling for corruption and I think they have it. So. My snap judgment says Shazam. And that's the only reason why is because I think I feel like they're just a team of destiny right now. I just feel like they're the ones that are going to take it. I. I could be wrong. It's just, again, a gut feeling. Corruption winning would not shock me. Chance has been great in teams. Mike is a good teammate. I just feel like Bibiani and and, and uh, the kid have just something going on that's hard to deny right now. Almost kind of like what Corruption had last year in a way. Uh, Corruption's way they had that. They took it far last year. I feel like this is the year of Shazam. But we'll see. I'll find out. Uh, all right. You know what? That's it, guys. We're here a little longer than I thought we were going to be. But, you know, we do that sometimes. We tend to have some rants going on. Uh, <laughs> thank you again to the lovely Jen Serger for being on the show earlier. We uh, really appreciate that. Go make sure you do download her podcast, Swings and Misses. Uh, she's a wonderful person. She definitely deserves our support. Action Army's got her back. Uh, let's talk about the rest Kevin. of this. Was, again, Kevin and Kevin as well, yes. 
Uh, we'll talk about tomorrow first, I guess. I'll play the end. we got a chilled action on our new night, Sunday night, uh, with my favorite co-host down there, Danny Joyce. She's in my, uh, my chair, uh, uh, this chair. You know the other one. <laughs> uh, let's do that. All right, you know, we got uh, we got the great Adam Collins coming on to chill, get to talk about his defeat, his uh, his defeating Roca, we take on Roca, his upcoming tournament match. We also get to have him talk about his t- uh, new announced, newly announced team with Marisol McKee in the tournament. That should be a lot of fun as well. I'll get to know a little bit more about him outside of Schmodown as well. Uh, she can't. She always. can't ignore me. No, she we always ignore me. do. I don't let myself be ignored. That's a good. That's a good call, Dan. We should get Kevin on show. That'd be a fun show episode as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, of course, we have. Let's see. What else we got going on next week? Another another Schmo Bates episode. We'll try to be breaking. Uh, I'm not sure whether we announced that yet. I think it's going to try to make up one. We're still trying to work on uh, exactly when and where it's going to take place. We're trying to make up the one last week that Mark Andrico's power outage, I believe, ended up putting the kibosh on, trying to get that rock star action with Roxy co-starring, or co-hosting, rather, and uh, Jeff Snyder versus Mark Andrico, which should be a lot of fun if we can get that working. Uh, we'll get more announcements when we uh, solidify that. Uh, we also going to try breaking down the next the round two matches as much as we can. Uh, we'll be back for Call Live. But one more announcement I think I will make now, because I think we have to start getting going with it. Um, we're in talks. Uh, the tentative date right now is Friday, the 25th, September 25th. We are going to be putting on uh, the general, the last general standing. Uh, what's that going to be is the Action Army Generals. Uh, we don't have a, uh, I don't think we have a thumbnail yet, but the Action Army Generals are going to uh, c- compete in a basically in a free for all type situation. We've got some trivia that's been written by some of our, our friends here and at the, our, our cohorts here. Um, and we're going to have them go free for all style uh, and see until who's the last general standing. Uh, we'll see how that should be a lot of fun. We had the practice run so far with some people. It should be some pretty entertaining stuff. Um, I know we actually started talking to our general generals. A lot of them have already uh, committed to, to joining up and having having a blast with it. I'm trying to see if I want to do it or not, if I want to host it, or if I want to perform, if I want to actually try to compete. Uh, I will say that I am uh, undefeated. On uh, I am undefeated on C2A shows. I'm one or no in Schmobate, actually, one and a half and no in Schmobates. Uh, I'm one or no. I was and I also won last night's heated uh match against Dylan and Nat, and I won the tournament earlier year, so I'm undefeated. So that's where I, I want to put that on the line in a free for all style match. We'll have to see, but uh, anyway, what <laughs> anything else you guys think we should add? Talk about anything uh, as far as uh, what's coming up on the show? Uh, nothing else I can think of in particular. Just also keep an eye out for Twitch streams. We randomly do them with no warning. It's mostly just like, hey, guys, I miss you. Do you want to hang out? And let's do it in front of people. So keep an eye out for those. Yep. And uh, keep an eye out for um, a couple of new shows that we might have coming out on the channel. That's true. That's um, we don't know yet, Brian. We actually are in talks with a couple people. Uh, we'll let you know as soon as we know. We've signed a dotted line. We have one in the works that I'm very excited about. And also, I'll give a hint that we have a legacy 
I'll call him a legacy player in the works. Uh, that would be a lot of fun to have on a call. I, I don't want to say much more, but this dotted line, if I can sign this one on dotted line, I think I'll be very, very happy. And I think you will be too. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's I, just because you've already said that, like there's always like weird multiple irons in the fire at yeah. times. We've been very fortunate to, to have um, a wonderful team that is also very <laughs> out there in, in uh, recruitment. So it's great. Um, so we always have signed, uh, kind of some some fun things that are in the mix. But you know what? If there's ever any suggestions, like if there's ever any older players or newer players or anyone else that anyone wants to see on Chill, slide into my mentions on Twitter and stuff like that. Let me know so we can, so Paul and I can have those discussions with each other. If there's anyone that you want to see on Chill, let us know. We've already surpassed our year. We had a very big uh, kind of strict ruling for what we were doing up until our year anniversary and now paul and i are just like <laughs> we're doing this so if you have any suggestions for us please don't feel like you can't suggest competitors or people that are involved with the schmodown that's really the only requirement please let them be involved in some capacity with the schmodown so and we can do repeats plan we actually do repeats now i've talked about doing uh we can get you had that note strict very no repeat Yes, rule for a while, but we're yeah, kind of starting yeah. to. I was trying to be vague about the rules that we were keeping. <laughs> I'm not big. I'm not a big person. I just lay out like Paul's lay down, a subtle person. Lay down. Down. <laughs> yeah. Doing the show, <laughs> and yes, I, I am. I am very much. I'm a heel guy. I'm a heel. He is a heel, guys. Pay attention. Um, one last thing I will say. No, Ryan Benninger, they are not allowed to compete in these type of matches. Uh, the Shimano competitors are not allowed to compete in that. They can compete on Video Chronic for those because it's a different style, but this is too close to a Shimano show to be left to compete. Um, so, just so you know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, for, uh, yeah, so that's it. Uh, let us know what you want. Uh, otherwise, we'll see you next, uh, next time. We'll see you tomorrow on Chill. And we will see you next week on call as well. Call live is always happening. Uh, but until then, uh, Kelsey, where can they find you? You can find me at KelseyKins90 on Twitter and Instagram. I also have a cosplay Instagram. It's Miss Quinkins if you're interested into that kind of stuff. Uh, we have a tea public. We have merch. We have masks. Wear a mask. Um, there's some pretty cool stuff on there. Support local artists. I just want to point that out right now. People need to make extra money right now more than ever. If you see a cool t-shirt on there, buy it, support an artist. Um, and then of course you'll find me on here all the time, all the times. I can't talk tonight. And <laughs> I'm working on stuff on my own YouTube channel. I'm watching a lot of DC TV. Maybe that might become a thing on my YouTube channel. I don't know. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> all right. All right. And then What's up, y'all? You know me. You can find me on Twitter at DannyJoy, D-A-N-I-E-J-O-Y. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at WatchTheBookPod. Uh, I am doing a, uh, Padawan, a, a book club called The Padawan Book Club. Right now, I'm reading Aftermath. If you're interested, please find me on those socials so we can get in touch and get involved and start reading this book. I'm going to start reading it as soon as I'm out of here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep reading it because I'm trying to pace myself for this month because I started reading it yesterday and I almost couldn't put it down but i knew that i had to because i got to pace myself for this month because we're going through this together so come on this journey with me come hang out come read a book with me and um converse with me on twitter all that good stuff you can find me here 
on the Call to Action Network every Sunday with my favorite co-host, Mr. Paul Venusio, also with my Miss Wonderful, Kelsey Kirkland, hanging out, producing in the background. So you can find us on Chill to Action every Sunday on the Call to Action Network. So make sure that you like this video, comment on this video after this video is done. Please subscribe to this channel. If you have not subscribed yet, make sure that you do that. Y'all see to a 2K. We are getting it. Thank you all so much to everyone who has been with us throughout this entire night, everyone who has been with us in the chat. I love you all. We all appreciate you. Thank you so much for me. And uh, at me at Paul underscore Denuzio on Twitter. Find me here, like like Danny just said. I want to say that again because I'm on Chilled Action. I'm on Called Action. You always find me there. Uh, you can also find me on the Action Industries YouTube channel. You can find me producing Venom Drew shows. Usually uh, filming those Action Guys tomorrow. It's a big one, guys. The Action Guys tomorrow night. Uh, ben and Drew are having Rachel Cushing on as a guest, and they're going to talk about uh, last match, the pay-per-view match on Friday as well. Um, and you can also find me on Class Action on the, the same channel. Uh, ben and Drew gave me that little slice to do my thing with usually my partner, Rick and Eric, Richard Eric Jarvie. Last night, he was not here, but it was these two filling in, so it's called action, taking over Class Action. We love the Richard Eric Jarvie. Uh, we we ranked film franchises, did some film tier rankings, and it was a lot of fun. I think we did better than the Action Guys, I think. Uh, we definitely did. Got some did, stuff I, wrong. Got a lot of things oh. right, especially the Twilight and the low ranking. I did appreciate that for everybody else. Um, love you all. Uh, and of course, PLD Projects is still there. I do some live hangouts, late night live hangouts, usually after call or chill sometimes. Um, and I am going to be doing the hair stance eventually. Uh, but until then, uh, we love you guys. Like Danny said, like, subscribe, everything else. But we salute you guys. Take care. And that's